a special edition of the Mash the Button Smashcast. I'm Jared, and I'm here with podcast host and staff writer Nick Zelenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yes, and we are one day out of PAX. That's, uh, it's, it's, we're recording this one on Monday. And, dude, I had to go to sleep twice today <laughs> to, to recover. And, and it hasn't been enough. It hasn't been enough because I'm tired now. Like, I just kind of, I just want to curl up on a ball and go back to sleep. I gotta say, you were also tired getting two packs, because I remember when uh, I came over to your room and, and you and uh, you opened the door and you had the bloodshot eyes, and I thought like you had killed somebody in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, all the last re- week was rough, but then packs just three days back to back to back of that was it, also rough. It, it's like it's going it's going ten rounds with a boxer. It's just getting your ass kicked for for three straight days and. Uh, yeah, I think that's. It, I mean, that, that's why the Pax Plague is so famous. Not only are you, not only are you touching everything that everybody else is touching, but you're you're just weak. By the end of the week, by the end of the three days, you're. It feels like it's a full week there, and you're 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 exhausted for it. Yeah, actually, I, I woke up this morning and I thought I had a bit of the Pax Plague, but it was just my body telling me to go back to bed. <laughs> just get back and sleep in bed and let me let me heal. God damn it. No, I, yeah. I have a scratchy throat, so hopefully yeah. that that's where it stops. I've been trying to drink the hand sanitizer to uh, combat it. <laughs> I tell you, my my calves look fabulous, though. Yes, <laughs> I, dude. I, 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 between like eating very intermittently and then just walking all day, <laughs> like I think I dropped like ten pounds. Yeah, it's a great way to lose weight. It is. Packs. It is. It's a good workout. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, but. Uh, you guys aren't here to hear uh, aren't here to hear about this. Look at that. But <laughs> you are here to hear about the games that we played and that's exactly what we're going to do uh, on this podcast. So let's it, well overall like uh, we we can talk about overall how you felt about the show later. Um uh, <laughs> let's start with the games. Because... I, I don't know if we can entirely go on the record with some of that. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see what we can do. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's start with a game that uh, I know a lot of people were looking to hear about, which is The Last of Us. And since this was your first PAX, Nick, I'm going to let you go first. Wow, yeah, because uh, yeah, we got it. And the first thing that we did is, uh, well, you made a beeline for uh, for the Sony booth, and I just followed you in there. They let they let us in, and we actually got the first two uh, the first two stations that were available. Yeah, that guy was a dick who cut you off too. And when I told him, "Hey, this is my friend," he was like, "Oh, oh, sorry about that." I didn't. What? I don't even remember that. You don't remember the guy he cut you off? Because that's remember there was a guy between you and oh, me. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I do. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I didn't, I, I, I didn't mind. We we're all gonna get to play it, but anyway. Uh, that's um, that's why I gave him the scowl. He I did. Back. You did. You did. Your, your, your no, your scowl and your intimidation uh, skills were definitely uh, definitely got used this week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, at any rate, so uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if we got like they 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 gave us a stage to play through, and it was set, I think, appropriately enough in Boston. Because uh, there was one part where uh, you, it was the three, the, I guess the last of us were the three of us. There was the dude, uh, the little Ellen Page looking girl. And I'm still confused about this. Ellen Page is in Beyond Two Souls, correct? That is correct. But the girl from The Last of Us looks exactly like Ellen Page. But it is not her. I cannot remember this girl's name. Like, she, every time, ah, oh, fuck. Hold on. I can have Google. Go ahead and talk. I'll look it up. No, but, okay, so there's you, there's, there's faux Ellen Page. 
and Farewell and Page. <laughs> and there's this other girl who, for, I don't know why, she reminded me of Trinity from The Matrix. Like, not as Trinity, like, she wasn't wearing the leather or anything. She just had that kind of, like, tough girl feel, but she was wearing, like, a, a tank top and jeans, and, and I think she was packing. That's, that's Tess. Yes, she was. Yes. But, um, so anyway, so the three of you were kind of just wandered around, you know, like, apocalyptic Boston with, like, highways upended and all this shit. And you don't even realize it's Boston at first. It wasn't until you, like, climbed up to a viewpoint that you could see, like, the city and you saw the Golden Dome. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool because we're in Boston for PAX and this is happening in Boston. Like, I thought that was a neat little... I could tell because situation. you start on uh, Interstate 90. Oh. But, uh... Anyway, so then, like, after that, you make your way into a building and you start just finding, like, people that are just dead and, like, bloody and all messed up and everything. And then finally you find this one person. It looks like they got these, like, sunflower seed fungus thing growing all around them. And they're like, yeah, that's the virus. Don't, like, be careful with that. And then uh, the game – and I don't, know if, I, I don't know if it was because we were playing, like, a tutorial or if because this was the – you know, this was the demo. The demo was taking the time to explain to you some of what was happening there. But it explained, like, okay, like, you know, there are these these infected people called clickers. And they, they basically look like giant walk, running sunflowers because they got petally things sticking out of their head. Um, I guess they're more solid than that. Um, but the whole, the whole premise was that they're pretty much blind, but they have very good hearing. So when you're sneaking around them, you've got to, you know, be crouch. You know, you got to crouch and, and move slowly and you can pick up objects and throw them and this way you know they'll hear what the object is they'll go to the object instead of you and then you got to sneak around them because the other the other issue with the clickers is that they are tough and you can't easily dispose of one uh generally if you if you alerted one to your presence uh it would run over and, and that'd be you know you'd kill you you'd have to go back to the last checkpoint um so you start going through the building and there's some sort of platform puzzly aspects of trying to figure out how to get from one room to the next uh, and then finally you come across the first clicker you got to sneak around that you know climb up and move on and i thought it was interesting too it's, it's a it's a nice little tactic that they use where you don't actually they don't give you the option to kill it it's, it's one of those we're gonna you know you're too weak to take this monster on i'm assuming by the end you'll have enough weapons that you'll probably be disposing of them left and right but at least early on they're they're the major threat but but then you get to a room that has uh, some, a clicker, but also a few runners, and these are the early infected, and they're more like your almost more like your uh, your 28 days kind of zombies, um, where they 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 still have their sight and they're fast, and when they, when one of them sees you, the rest of them all run together, and so what happens? You've kind of got this. It's it's sort of a it's an office building, so you've kind of got this like hallway and, and a few rooms, and some of the walls are taken down, so every, every, it's one giant space, and you've got to maneuver through there. And get up to, uh, and you kind of got to get up to a platform. And, and before you can do that, though, you got to kill all the zombies in there, including one of the clickers, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and that's as far as I got because I couldn't do that. And I'll take it from here because I definitely go. got past that. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> no. I, I, I had fun at first because I was watching the screens. I was like, ha, I'm ahead of Jared. I'm ahead of Jared. Oh, Jared caught up to me. Oh, where the hell is Jared? I don't know what the hell Jared's doing. Why can't I get past this stage? I want to get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, I saw, I saw Nick was having some trouble on the other screen, but the actual the game was actually it wasn't what I was ex expecting. Um, I thought it was gonna be more like a, like a like a like a survival like a horror game, or maybe even survival horror when it's definitely more just survival. That's what the game is like. Resources are very limited, and you have to use other resources that are just that are like around the area, like you know with the clickers. You could pick up like a bottle and throw it somewhere. 
and then the clicker will hear the noise and he'll walk over there. He or she will walk over there. But the uh, the runners aren't they aren't so uh, so easy. Like you know, when you get around the runners, you got to make sure you turn off your lights. Uh, you may got to make sure they don't see you. Uh, you can stealth behind them and kill them, which is pretty much the best way to go. I mean, if you want to, you can always shoot. But if you shoot, just expect for the the rest of the hit, the rest of them to come at you. So be prepared to shoot more than one. At least in the stage I was in, shooting at the runners didn't work because you you could take one of one or two of them down, but by that point the other one was flanking you from somewhere or just again it was an open space. Yeah, I tried that, didn't work. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, when I tried that, like I had enough ammo because I actually had two guns at that point. Um, what? I didn't I didn't find the second gun then, or I didn't get that far. There was like a handgun, <laughs> there was a magnum, and later on I got a shotgun. But at this point I had the handgun and the magnum, and I shot at the one. And I killed them. I shot the other one and I killed them. And another one came behind me. And it's just like, if they get behind you, there is no recourse. They get behind you, bam, they bite you in your neck, you're done. That's that's realistic. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, like there is no recourse. There is no shaking them off, you yeah. know. There is no, oh, he's down, let me pick him up. There is none of that. They, they chew a part of your neck off, you're dead. Yeah. Uh, the clickers are actually the same way, but the clickers can do that from the front. Like the clicker, you got to get close enough to you from the front, it will just grab you and then tear your, uh, yes. rip your throat out. There were a few times I think I got grabbed by a runner and like a mini game came up when I had to like press the X the, the square button I think it was, and uh, in order to like push it off. Didn't even and, s- didn't even see that option. And, uh, uh, if they if they caught me, it was death. Or there were or there were a few or I think also you could like kind of grab the one zombie and like and push it against the wall. I'm saying zombie, but the the runner and push it against the wall and kind of punch it there. Yes, uh, you could do that. Yeah, yeah but uh, other times, yeah, but with the clickers, no. The, if the clicker catches you, game over. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so uh, you actually have this mode, this thing called listening mode. Huh? Developers keep putting these things in the games that give you the ability to see through fucking walls. Why? Why? Don't need it. Just watch the fuck where you're going. But it's in there. <laughs> and There's I. No- I, I, th- I think on the one hand, it sort of prevents them from being, uh, if anything, it makes it harder for the developer because they can't set up the easy scare by like, look, we're going to you know put something right here that you're not going to see until you come through the wall. But it breaks the tension of the game. Like, it totally breaks the tension if I could just hit it and I could see where these things are, where they're walking. I, I can understand. I think part of the problem is that uh, there's no good... I guess they don't feel that the audio, like you can't trust everybody's going to have surround sound. You can't trust everybody's going to be using like top of the line headphones. You so don't need like, top of the line headphones. Those headphones we were wearing weren't top of the line. Well, no, no, but but I guess that's my po- point is that there's no way for them to like maybe they feel that if you were actually in that situation, you could legitimately hear like okay, something's there. I don't know what it is, but I know something's there. We've and been they, we've been hearing stuff like, from other rooms and games for over two decades now. We have, but like, to that we, point, precision. But you don't need that that precision. Like in real life, you if you hear something from another room, do you know exactly where they are? No. Maybe maybe everybody's related to Daredevil in video games. Maybe you need to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <but> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, besides, like the action, the action portions. Um, there is like a, there's a crafting system in the game. I don't even think Nick got a chance to partake. I, I did see a little bit of it, but I didn't really. I, Maybe that would have helped me in the stage I got stuck at. Maybe, I think that's actually how I got the second gun. That's how I got the Magnum, because I picked up the parts for it. But basically, like, you pick up all these parts around the level. 
and I thought there was just, there would just be usable items for me to use later. I didn't know that I actually I'd actually had need certain parts to construct different things like upgrades for my weapons or new weapons, things like that. So it definitely gave it more of a survival feel to it. And a, a big portion, I would say, of that demo was kind of showing you what the game was like, showing you how to play. And then it's almost like they let you play. Like, after the part that you're talking about, Nick, that is when you really start to play the game um, once you get out of that room. Because, like, one of the next areas you go into, uh, that, like, it, it's like... <sighs> It's like it's like an underground. I don't know. Maybe what? Maybe it's underground. I think it is underground. Like an underground, uh, like train station or something like that. And there's like clickers and runners in there, and they're all walking around. And the thing is, like, if you if you stealth a runner, right, uh, you have an option. Actually, with with uh, if you if you do a stealth kill, you have you have two options. You can either suffocate, or you can uh, you know, you can kill them with a shiv. Now, you, you can only use... The, the shivs are consumable. So once you use it, you either have to have another one, and if you don't have one, then you just can't use it. You can only suffocate. Shivs give you silent kills. Um, so if you have one of those, and you use it, you can take out like a runner or a clicker without having to make noise. However, if you try to suffocate a runner, it makes noise as you're you know suffocating it, and the clicker's here, and they come and attack you. A clicker, you can't even kill without a shiv. I guess they don't breathe, maybe? But, like, they, yeah, you cannot kill a clicker without a shiv. So, the first, I got played so hard. I thought I was, like, you know, being all Sam Fisher, and I go get behind a clicker, and I go to suffocate it, and then as soon as I get my arms around it, a little notification box comes up. You can't kill a clicker without a shiv, and then he pushes <laughs> me off, and he eats my ass. Like, it's just, yeah, it was there. At least, at least you got that notification, because, I mean, that was the problem I kept running into in the one room, was there's a clicker, or there's a runner, like, right in front of you. So I'd go up to him, and I'd just keep shiving him every time. So that whole area, I never had my shiv to actually get beyond that, and I never realized, like, oh, that's why I don't have my shiv, because I keep using it on that one guy. Like, I just thought, why don't, why isn't this option available the other spots? I don't think that was clearly explained, at least to me. Yeah, like that's the yeah, that part was tough, and it wasn't just because of that, but the the AI was stupid. Like um, Tess, she was stupid. The 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 the, the Ellie AI wasn't bad, but that's because she didn't have a weapon. Actually, by the way, I, I had just looked it up. Ashley Johnson is the name. Of oh, the that's girl. right, that's right. Yeah, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Ashley Johnson is the name of the girl, uh, which I'm pretty sure if you guys look her up, you'll you'll recognize her almost immediately. Wasn't she on Growing Pains? Something, yeah, she was on, yeah, she, she was, was like, on some She was show. like the really, the, the little kid at the end of Growing Pains. Uh, yeah, she was on, like, some show. Like, she's been on definitely more than one show. And yeah. was she on Roseanne, too? I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. But <laughs> <laughs> That'll be another special edition. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a special edition. But, um, yeah, so, Tess, the Tess AI, anytime she came close to a clicker or a runner, doesn't matter if they were attacking her or not, because we could be going stealth. As soon as she came close to them, she'd start shooting. And that would attract the rest of them. Okay? So basically what I had to do was quickly stealth out like to, to the area where we needed to go. And leave them behind for the most part. And then one you know, then I'd hear her shooting. I grab like there was like Molotov cocktails. So I grab one and start throwing them in different places. They can run through them, but the actual uh 
but the clickers could not. The clickers and the runners couldn't, and that's how we got out. And actually, it's funny, because I think Tess was just bugged in general, because, you know, Ellie came, I went up the ladder, Ellie came up the ladder, and then Tess did the Jesus up the ladder. You know, the <laughs> T, the, the, the Jesus T, she did that up the ladder. I was like, yep, that's a problem. So, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, I, I think it was a good game. Definitely not an action-packed game. One of the big things of of the game was supposed to be this relationship between Joel and Ellie, and um, you know it's supposed to be like uh, the the game is supposed to have like a lot of emotion. Not just like emotional dialogue, but an impactful dialogue and, and emotion in it. And you really don't see that in that demo. The dialogue was very light. You know, it's mostly just being uh, Tess being like, "We need to go," and Joel's like, "Oh no, it's dangerous." And she's like, "Stop being a pussy," and like. That's pretty much how it goes. If, she, if she's the one who's saying stop being a pussy, then why is Joel, Joel the one that had to go down in that room? Exactly. Like, she Ex- should have been down in there too, clearing that out. Exactly. I think I don't know. I I I I don't remember. Was was Tess in the trailer that they played at E3? She wasn't in the trailer at E3. No. Because I get the feeling maybe she's not bugged, but she's just stupid. <laughs> and because <laughs> yeah. she's not on the, at least she wasn't on the, the, the wall art, I presume it would be the box art. She's it was not. just Ellie and Joel. She's not a main, main character. Yeah, like, she's and not... I, think there's, I, I, get, I think maybe that at some point she's going to get eaten. If she gets eaten, I would be totally okay with that. <laughs> to be honest with you. So, um, but from there, actually the very next place we went, because we were looking around to see what we want to do, and I did not know Assassin's Creed Black Flag was going to be there. So, I was like, you know what? Let me see if, uh, if I hate it. <laughs> so, let me, uh, let me, we went to watch Assassin's Creed Black Flag. It was the same situation as last year with, um, with uh, Assassin's Creed 3, where you go in and you watch a bit of a video and they really didn't even show that much gameplay. They were just kind of talking about, you know, like they were just kind of talking about the game and, the, you know, how, oh, we listened to the fans this year and we're bringing stealth back. And I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> well, the one thing I am excited about is uh, the naval combat. Of course, they, they of course extended it. In my opinion, they made Black Flag because they know the naval combat was the best part of Assassin's Creed 3. And um, they definitely extended it. From what it looks like, it looks like you'll be able to, you know, kind of like the way you used to be able to build your town up or build uh, build your Assassin's Guild with recruits. It looks like you'll be able to do the same thing with the ships now. Like, you'll be able to recruit people to the ships and build them up and level them up. And you can actually lose them in battle. Like, if you if you go up against a ship and you're getting wrecked, uh, you can you can lose members you could lose sailors and you know your you know people that you've leveled up could now be dead and gone forever and then you have to get new people it's kind of like if you lost an assassin on a mission so i thought that was pretty cool um it's supposed to be you know completely open world they're saying like you know you can go anywhere do anything there's going to be random ships popping up and you can even you can attack them you can board them you can fi- follow them to, you know, go find these different missions out in these different islands that you can sail to. So, I mean, now that that looks pretty, all, all that feels pretty good. It just, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just wanted to interject. The boarding looked awesome with the gr- shooting the grappling hooks over onto the ships and everything. I mean, say what you will about what the gameplay may or may not be. The game itself looked magnificent. 
Um, there, I mean, there was one part where it looked like they had a whale almost like surfacing right next to the ship. It almost looked like it was going to crash on the ship. I didn't like the way that whale looked. It looked like... Uh, Whales look kind of retarded, though. Not that retarded. <laughs> like, yeah, I did, did not like the way that whale looked. Uh, but, um... Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, apparently you're gonna have like four guns <laughs> that you can, that you can, uh, you know, that you can roll through. It'll be instead he they didn't show any hidden blades, but instead he has dual cutlass. The two, no, the no, dual. they. I think they did show the hidden blades at one point. I think he he was walking up behind somebody and had it come out. I didn't see it, but well, I guess I thought I thought I did, but I don't. I don't know. They need. I mean, like, I mean, with Assassin's Creed Three, they added the ability to like you know. Uh, lean up against the wall and look around the corner. They, if they really want stealth to be an issue, they need to make you know light and darkness matter. Like you need to be like you know stealthing around in the dark is more or more advantageous than you know just doing it in the light. And I think that's one huge thing that's been missing from the series. You know, I mean, yeah, like it doesn't. You know, plus, not to mention, like it's like. Uh, Edward Kenway, they say he's a pirate trained by assassins. It's like it, it, it feels like just the way the story's gonna go is he is not going to live by the creed. Like that's that's the deal, you know. And that's like that's something I really don't need again. Like you know, Connor was already that rogue assassin, you know, the guy who was in it for himself. Whereas where Ezio was not that, especially Al Altair. Altair was not like that at all. Ezio really wasn't like that. You know, he did want revenge for his family but he 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 upheld the creed he uh you know he lived by the code like all that but connor really wasn't like that and connor was kind of bitchy because of it like connor's like oh, i'm gonna find the guy who killed my mom and i don't care who gets in my way and i really don't i don't know if i really feel like dealing with another assassin that's kind of not an assassin's like yeah i have the skills but you know fuck those guys like i'm well, too cool for school he is a pirate and they're not known for being the most moral of characters so i almost wonder if kind of by necessity in order for them to go this direction they have to abandon the creed maybe i don't know i mean i'm not gonna i didn't like, i didn't even get a chance to play it but based on the way the series has been going it just feels like oh people like the naval combat Let's find a way to extend the naval combat, and that's where they started with this idea. That's what it feels like. It's certainly it at the very least. I think it won't be like any Assassin's Creed game before, <laughs> uh, which whether or not that's a good thing, we have yet to see. Uh, we're still. I mean, uh, we're, when was when was Assassin's uh, Creed three first playable? I guess at. Uh, that was that have been E three or Pax E3, Prime or E three. So that I I'd, I'd wager if we're following a yearly cycle, then that's when somebody will get their hands on it first. So yeah, I mean, like I said last year, like, hey, if they came out with an Assassin's Creed or like uh, Assassin's Creed that was all naval combat, I would fucking do it. So you know, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna be checking it out. I think I have to at this point. I'm the, I'm the only person on the site who's reviewed Assassin's Creed. Nobody else has reviewed Assassin's Creed on the site. That's kind of like my thing now. <laughs> Well, you, you've always been a big fan of the lore. I'll give you that. Yeah, I was a big fan of the series. And, and like, you know, like with Brotherhood was excellent. Revelations, you know, it was kind of hard, I guess, to follow up Brotherhood. But it was still a good, a good game. But 3 was just kind of like, really? That's oh. so how I felt so. So, yeah, we, but we did check out Black Flag. Uh, but So you got a chance to check out Marvel Heroes too, right? Yes. <laughs> 
Yes. Um, I, I, I went to the panel on Friday, and then I actually had uh, I got the opportunity to sit down and play it with David Brevik, um, you know, of Diablo fame, um, walking well, me through it. Why don't you tell him what, for people who don't know who he is? Tell him who he uh, is. He's well, he's you know, former Blizzard employee. He, he, bas- he basically created Diablo. Uh, you know, created the Diablo world, create, you know, got, uh, you know, did that in Diablo 2. And then he started started some of the work on Diablo 3, and that was when he left Blizzard. Um, and then they continued and, and did Diablo 3 without him. And you can tell that. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, we talked mostly about Marvel heroes, um, but, but you, it's impossible to talk to him without Diablo coming up. And... Um, I mean, to look, uh, there's a lot of people were complaining about Diablo three, um, you know, putting aside the lore issues and, and the, you know, the story quality. Um, but, you know, there were some complaints about how, uh, you know, again, it was one of those always had to be online games. Uh, there were some complaints now about how there's only four people to a party, not five, um, stuff of that nature. And one of the things that, uh, one of the things that Brevik admitted, he said that, you know, when he was, when he started planning Diablo 3, he wanted it to be in a, you know, sort of like an MMO. Um, and that's what Marvel Heroes is. It's, it's designed to be an MMO. Um, whereas, you know, you go out into the world and you'll come across other people playing the game. I'm not quite sure how many. I'm not quite sure how the instancing works. Um, because it is procedurally or randomly generated. So every time you go out into the world, it'll look different and you'll, but you'll see people out there playing alongside, side you. Um, but what's really trippy about that is it's a Marvel superheroes game. You're going out there and you're playing as the Marvel superheroes and you're going to go out there and see people who are playing the exact same superheroes as you. So if you pick uh, the, the example they had was if you pick Wolverine, you can go out there, you can find four other Wolverines and they kind of had to, you know, they had to sort of sit there and, and, and ask themselves like, how do we want to do that? Is that okay with us to have people going around and doing that? And, you know, Brevik actually said, like, for him, that was a day one decision. Like, no, that has to be how it is. Like, you can't have a superhero game, DCU, where you're not playing as the superheroes. It feels, you know, they didn't want knockoffs. It doesn't feel right. Why do you want to play next to Superman where you can play Superman? Why do you want to play next to Spider-Man where you can play Spider-Man? It felt and, right to me. So, whatever. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. I never, it, I, I've always been more of a Marvel fanboy than a DC fanboy. Um, which, is, which may be why I never got into DCU, but um, but I it's I, I, I thought the game it's I mean fundamentally I think a lot of people if you had any complaints about Diablo three, uh, again lore lore wise aside any complaints any complaints about how it felt as an as a an action RPG I think that if if you love Diablo two then you'll love Marvel Heroes because it's got the skill trees back. Uh, the gearing system is the same. Um, the only issue is really sort of where they're going with the concept of epic loot uh, because, I mean, all the characters will have their own equipment that they can give, you'll, and you'll go through, you'll pick up, uh, you know, you'll pick up helms for Thor or hammers for Thor. You'll pick up uh, – the Hulk has equipable rage. Uh, I'm not quite sure how that works, but it, the problem with the Hulk is that given that he only wears pants, uh, there really weren't a lot of slots for gear. Um, so that's one of the things you get to, you'll find as you go along is different types of rage, uh, to give to the Hulk, but, um, really sort of the way that you customize your character is through the acquisition of skins. Uh, when the game launches, there's only going to be five characters available and you'll go through and you'll loot the other characters and then you'll loot other skins for those characters. So for example, if you really want, 
you know, if you really want the Spider-Man, but you want the black-suited Spider-Man, um, you'll have to find that. You might find Spider-Man before you find the black-suited Spider-Man. Uh, I'm not sure how rare that's going to be. I know that Spider-Man, because he's more popular, is going to be one of the characters that'll be harder to find, um, which is a little bit devilish on their part. But um, the uh, but that'll sort of be the way that you you grow your roster. And what's interesting is that you're actually able to swap characters on the fly. So you go out into the world, you're fighting a battle, you're finding that you're not doing that well. There, you know, you hit a button and there's a little cast time, and then you can change to another character on your roster. Um, so I thought that was neat. Um, the one the one the one caveat though, um, it, it's it's interesting that what they're doing uh, as far as again as far as the character acquisition. Um, the, the lootable characters that happens after launch before launch, there are right, was it premium packs and ultimate packs and starter packs. And what these are, are packs that you can it's effectively for pre-orders where you can go out and you can say, okay, I don't want one of the five basic characters. I mean, you get them anyway, but you know, if I want Spider-Man or if I want, uh, you know, the, the Hulk or, uh, or, uh, I think it's Thor. No, I think Thor. You know, any if you want if you want a specific character that's not one of the original five, um, then you can go out and buy one of the packs that might have that character, might have that skin, and this way you'll have that going into the game. And this way you won't have to worry about looting for it. You won't have to take the time to get it. Um, but once the game launches, then those packs are no longer valid. So the ultimate pack's like two hundred dollars. You get every you get every skin for every character that's going to be available at launch. Um, with the one exception, there are there is one costume for every character that's not available in any of the packs, not available for purchase. You have to loot it. It's sort of the the, the chase. The, you know, so this is like the epic, legendary loot um, that you can only get by beating the hardest of the hard bosses in the game. Um, and and this way you'll know when you see like you know a character going around. Uh, I forget what they showed for uh, for, for the for the Hulk. Uh, for his oh no actually they're still having a they're having a a, a poll to determine what the Hulk's uh, epic loot chase costume will be, but when you see those people in those costumes then you'll know like that guy conquered the you know that guy's beaten the game effectively that guy's you know top tier, um, so that's sort of their way of addressing the whole sort of loot scaling system in uh, in uh, MMOs, but it's. Uh, I mean, it, it's. I mean, fundamentally, it, it, the gameplay it, it plays like an action RPG. There's a lot of pointing and clicking and, and spell casting. Um, the story aspect. I mean, if you've played like Marvel Ultimate Alliance, it's very familiar in that. Except now you're playing with a bunch of other people. Um, so I, I think be, between be, between the, the Diablo pedigree and the Marvel franchise, and the fact that it's free to play, I think this game's going to be huge. I, I think this is this point. I, I, it's uh i'm 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 looking forward to uh i'm looking forward to when uh when we can finally get our hands on it what did they give like a uh, time of release date or uh june 4th 2013 all right cool um i don't know i don't know if it's for me <laughs> well, well i guess we'll see if, if it's that good but i, I just i just think that I mean, one of the things about Diablo is that there were there's a lot there's a lot of disappointment over Diablo and i think a lot of what those people were disappointed in i think that they'll They'll get that from Marvel Heroes. I used to be able to play like um, dungeon crawlers like that, and then ever since Borderlands, it's kind of like I can't do it now. Like I want, like I, I Borderlands has spoiled me so much because not only is it first person, but it's fucking hilarious to play. So but I don't know. We'll see. Well, um, you also checked out. Actually, I guess speaking of action RPGs uh, or dungeon crawlers. You did play Diablo three on console. Yes. Yes, I did. Um, 
yeah, and I, I made sure I played as the barbarian, so I was familiar with the mechanics. Um, outside of just general button layout issues, which are minor, um, they did change the interface for gear slightly, um, and I didn't really like it. Uh, and I think I actually saw an interview today, and I forget where I saw it, but uh, they even kind of said like they, they, you know, they had to tweak the interface for, um, they had to tweak the interface for console they also had to tweak the drop rates because it's harder to like you know you can go around with a mouse and just click on all the loot that drops especially you know they call them loot pinatas uh the way they drop everything there so you can go around with the mouse and click on that you know click on all the loot and pull it up no problem um but on the console it's a little more difficult so they actually they said uh, that the monsters will drop less loot but it's going to be higher quality uh so this way there's a little less i guess you know moving the the cursor and then button pressing but uh, yeah. So it, it's, I mean, it's fundamentally the same game. Um, I, I didn't notice any real difference in the graphics, or the the, the I mean, the, you know, the gameplay. It's you know, if if you prefer, you know, using a con- controller, uh, you know, it's definitely, you know, it's de- it's definitely built for that. Um, but I just didn't. I, I think at least for item management and e- equipping purposes and everything. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being old school, but Diablo belongs on a on a on a PC, and so it it just it was a bit of a it was a bit of a letdown in that regard. But I don't think I don't think one I'm the target for this, and two I don't think there's anything they could have done that would have been outside of being like, oh no, we've got a little add-on. You can just plug your mouse and keyboard in. Um, outside of that, I, I think I would have been disappointed no matter what. No. Okay. So it's still not that much. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that much different. No, I'm really being nitpicky. Um, but okay. fun, fun, I mean, fundamentally, if you, I mean, if you don't have a PC, if you, if you don't have, uh, you know, if you, if you really wanted to get Diablo three on console, I think you'll, it'll be right up your alley. I'm, I'm curious, given that Diablo three sold so well on PC, I'm curious to see just how well this sells. Okay. Uh, so guess we're on the subject of Blizzard. Uh, why don't you talk about oh, yeah. Hearthstone? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, this is the Nick-heavy part of the podcast. Um, no, so uh, Blizzard announced Hearthstone on Thursday or fr- Friday morning, much to my chagrin. I did not get to go to the uh, – I did not get to go to the actual press conference because we were playing The Last of Us when I would have needed to be in line. Um, but uh, it's basically – it's a an online uh, collectible card game. Uh, that you can play against other people. They've taken it's it's Hearthstone Heroes of Warcraft, and so what they've done is they've taken the nine original classes and uh, you know paired them up with an iconic lore character, and you know this is this way you can pick you know you want to be a hunter you play as Rexar, uh, you want to be a mage you play as Jaina, and then they've given them a deck, and that deck contains. Uh, you know, the core skills that you'll recognize from that class. And so basically, you know, you've got a back and forth card game. Uh, your your resources mana, not like mana that you tap in uh, magic, but it's a, a mana pool that grows. Uh, you gain one each turn until it caps out at 10. Um, and, you know, you, you, you the cards all cost mana, so like spells would. And so you go back and forth playing cards till you're out of mana, summoning minions and monsters to do the attacks for you. There's, you know, there's battle cries, which is, you know, when you summon a minion, it might have a battle cry that gives an action that happens when you play it. There's spells, and then there's counter spells and interrupts, and it's, it's, I mean, one, I mean, it's, it's, it's fundamentally, it's a sound game. I mean, they took the basic, you know, combat from World of Warcraft, and they converted it into a card game and they did a very good job effectively but the other thing that they did that is amazing the game is polished as all hell 
Um, I mean, it just it looks pretty. Uh, the boards, I think there were three boards that they had. They had a Pandaria board, an Orgrimmar board, and a Storm, Stormwind board. Um, and they're they're they're. I mean, it's fundamentally it's a two dimensional game, but the board is kind of three D. Um, so you can kind of see like on the Pandaria board, there's like a little little box kite kind of floating up from one of the buildings um, but you're looking overhead anyway so it's, it, you only kind of half get the effect but that's all that's all just background visuals um i mean it's the the cards are all animated um you, you, there's explosions and 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 the sounds and, and the cards go f- flipping around when you do them i mean the game is just gorgeous i can't I, it, it's 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 too beautiful for me to describe um but uh no, I, I, I did get to play. I played two games. One took me it took me one game to kind of figure out what I was doing. The second game, I, I picked Rexar the Hunter, and I kicked ass with that. Um, you know, as far as where the game goes, they're really looking to the beta to see how people react to it and, and what, what sort of features people will want to implement as far as if they're going to add other characters. Uh, I believe Death Knights and Monks are on the way eventually, but they kind of wanted to go for sort of the iconic nine classes uh, that were there at launch. So it's... Um, I, I think I, I said in my uh, my review that should be up tomorrow. Um, I, sa- I said if if WoW did to EverQuest as far as sort of taking a proven a proven uh, quantity and then refining it and polishing it and just making it as as as, as accessible and pretty as possible, um, what WoW did to EverQuest. Now they're doing with Hearthstone to Magic, and I think again it's another free to play game, and I don't see any reason why this won't be a huge hit. Okay, for magic fans. For, for really, it's it's I'd say for casual fans, um, it's very accessible, um, and it's it's cutesy too. It's got the kind of wow, very kind of like fun feeling. Like with ma- with magic, there's a little bit of a like even having played. Um, oh, I can't think of the name of the card game, but I I've, you know having played that on the on the on the PlayStation. Um, there's a little uh, duel of the planeswalkers. Um, there's still a little. It, it goes for a kind of gritty, realistic feel a little bit. And wow, I mean, they've got the dwarf in the narration, and it's just it's very tongue in cheek. I can see kids liking this game a lot, and especially it's free to play. Um, I think I could see this is one of those games um, where I could see parents kind of passing this off to their kids to play on their iPad, uh, kind of stuff. And I think I, I think it's it's. It's almost it's like Pokemon or something or something very very accessible, very generic. I think a lot it's it's one of those games you'll play in ten minute increments and wind up spending like three hours that you don't know what happened. Uh, um, it's just fun like that. Okay, now it's it feels like you've been talking for a long time, so I'm actually gonna start talking about games that you have not played. That's fine. That's fine. I I'll go take a break. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, uh, it's actually a game that came up last year during. The, the special edition, but I didn't get a chance to play it last year. I got a chance to play it this year. Uh, Super Time Force. And uh, I know Rob Hill talked about it last year, and I did. I guess I didn't fully understand what was happening. But it's a, it's a, it's like a Contra-style platformer where you only have 60 seconds to get, to finish the level. At, all, at any given time, you have 60 seconds to finish this level. And trust me, the level is not finishable in, in 60 seconds with just one person, and I'll get into that. But um, 60 seconds to finish the level, the catch is you can go back in time at any time, especially when you die. When you die, you have no choice but to go back in time. And uh, you can go back in time and try to uh, get through faster, um, kill more efficiently, or move more efficiently to get through the level in 60 seconds. But when you die... 
when you go back in time, now you have ghost data that travels with you. So, like, whatever character you were, because there's, like, five characters to choose from. Actually, I, I unlocked a secret character while I was there. And, um, you, you, they now travel with you up until the point where they died. Okay? Uh, and their hits still count. So their damage still counts. So if you were shooting stuff and you killed something, you don't necessarily have to worry about that thing anymore. You just have to make sure you don't get killed by it yourself. Um, so you have 30 lives to start with, which sounds like a lot, but it really is not in this game. It's actually very, balanced very well. And, you know, you can have, like, at, at one point, there were, like, 12 of my ghosts plus me fighting a boss, and that's how we beat it so fast. So you like, effectively had to zerg it with yourself. Pretty much, yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> and if you kill whatever the, the enemy that killed you, you can reclaim those lives. So you can, like, you get, instead of loot, because you always say you only have 30 lives. So you can actually reclaim those lives if you manage to kill the thing that kills you before it kills you, before it kills your ghost data. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, if, so fundamentally, if you take out whatever was supposed to have taken you out, then you kind of get that life back. Exactly. That's. Yeah. I, I, you know, I remember Rob talking about this last year, and I, I wish I had remembered that that was the game when I saw that on the floor, because that really sounds interesting. Yeah. Like, basically, that's that's what you do. And it's cool because you can set up these, because each, each character has their own uh, ability. Like, you know, the first guy has like a gun, you know, like a machine gun, and you can charge it up and shoot multiple shots at a time. A girl has a sniper rifle. One guy has like a rocket launcher. Um, and somebody has like, you know, a shield, you know. So there's parts where, you know, you have enough people shooting at the boss, and you can just grab the shield guy and start put, putting up these shields so that the bullets get deflected back to the boss. You know, and protect the rest of the group that kind of don't need protecting at this point. But you, you know, you get you get the idea. You're basically just drawing more fire at the boss. You know, because these bosses aren't really easy. That's probably why you die in the first place. But you have to like sometimes like you know if you like you know they're throwing so much shit at you like you it's you have no choice but to die. And then like you know you get all these these ghosts firing at the same time. So the boss steps on the screen and like two three seconds later he goes you know, he's dead. But that's the way it works. Like, you know, you only have 60 seconds to get to the end of the level. And you have to, basically, the, the it's I've never seen anything like it. The way it works is that you have, like, you have to find a way to make your run within that 60 seconds. And you can also, there's also clocks that allow you to extend time. But there's not a whole bunch of them. Like, around, yeah. they're not like checkpoints. When you die and you start over again, the character you're starting over with, that that character starts over at the beginning of those 60 seconds or is, is it 60? Like if you get through halfway and die, then the second character starts over with only 30 seconds to go. Yeah. That's like, yeah, basically the, the net, well, actually you can go, you can go back in time as far as you want. So wherever that character started from, that's where you'll see him again. Oh, okay. Okay. So fundamentally you could go back and, and start every, you know, like, start every character from the beginning with 60 seconds to go. And if you've died like five times, you can have one of each of them kind of running along in parallel. Exactly. Cool. Yeah, that's basically the way it works. It's a really cool game. I'm looking forward to it coming out. Cause it's actually pretty challenging too. And there's going to be leaderboards and things like that. I actually got to speak to the main, uh, to the, to the head developer. 
on that game. He's a really cool guy. I told him, I was like, yeah, man, last year I was trying to play the game, and it was just booked. It was like every time I went past your booth, it was like packed, and I couldn't get over there. And yeah, he was, he was a cool guy, so I'm looking forward to that game. I think it's coming out a little bit later. Like, you know, actually, I think they didn't give me an official date, but they said 2013. That's good. If it's, if it's the second PAX, second then it, packs. Should, yeah, it, should, it should be coming out sooner rather than later, I would hope. Yeah. So another game that I play is called Guns of Icarus Online, which I heard of, didn't pay too much attention to it, I'll be honest. And then I passed by the booth, and I checked it out. And um, basically, it's, you're, you're, I don't know, I don't want to say you're an air pirate, but for my sake, I'm going to say you're an air pirate, <laughs> okay? Because you're, you're in an airship, and it's four players, four real players per airship, it's a multiplayer game, and everybody has a job, like this one pilot, this one engineer, this one gunner, and I forget what the fourth class is, and everybody has to do their job, and like... You know, you have to, like it was just a blast to play because basically you're you're trying to destroy other airships. So the pilots flying around, you know, doing pilot shit, and the engineer is walking around the uh, walking around the ship fixing stuff as it gets blasted, and the gunner is sitting there trying to destroy other airships. And it was just funny. I could just imagine me playing this with my friends and having a blast and yelling at my asshole pilot. Because he keeps taking me out of range, or he keeps moving me out of uh, an angle where I can hit another airship. Because that's exactly what was happening when I was playing. I'm like, oh, because the, the, the back gun only moves so far. There's also a, other guns on the side, so as the gunner, you have to get up out of one seat and move to another seat sometimes. So you can see a, uh, a an enemy ship, or fire an enemy ship. And like... I would be like, okay, I'm about to. You, you have to wait for the, like the missiles or whatever the type of ammo you just loaded up. Uh, you have to wait for it to load and then go into the gun. I'm like, okay, I got him a fire, and then as soon as I do that, he hits like a hard fucking left or something. <laughs> then I can't hit the other fucking airship. And then, um, not only like it's not just a point in like shoot either. You have to. There's travel time with the missiles or gun or or ammo. So, you know, you have to, you have, based on how fast you're going, how fast they're going, how close you are, um, you have to, you know, as the gunner, you have to, you know, put that into perspective and then shoot accordingly. Because, like, I was watching the guy play before me, and he was, like, shooting at the airship and just missing, missing, so because he wasn't paying attention, well, not paying attention, but not including the fact that, you know, by the time the actual bullets get there, that airship is going to be out of position. But it was a really, really cool game, and like playing—I think playing with friends would be really cool to do. <laughs> not unless you want to get yelled at. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll be doing the yelling now, so I'm really not. I'm, Why I don't, don't you pilot your own damn ship then? Well, because who's gonna shoot the guys? I'll shoot them. I don't want to get yelled at for being a bad pilot. Well, you'll just get yelled at for not shooting the guys right. Like, yo, like, what did you? Why can you hit the broad uh, broadside of a barn? As long as I don't know how to talk, I could say that in one <laughs> one take. You know, I'll just I'll just be the engineer. <laughs> yeah. Why aren't you fixing the ship, Nick? Go shoot Why did we just blow up? Why did we just blow up, Nick? <laughs> You're not fi- see. I can do it in any 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 reference. So. Um, let's see. What else did I get a chance to play that was really good? Um, yeah. Actually, no. I don't want to talk about something that's really good. I want to talk about something that was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was Dust Five One Four. Really? 
yeah, I did not like Dust 514 when I played it. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. It could be because of the fact that you just jump into it. With just jumping into the game, it felt so generic. It felt like another shooter with just different types of weapons. You know, there were guns, there were tanks, there were other faster-moving vehicles. That was it. Like, they dropped, like, you know, they dropped the one team down. Well, actually, sorry, my team was already on the ground, and we're like, where's the other guys? And then they came in the airship, and they jumped off the airship, and we started fighting, and that was it. There was, I have nothing else to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) It it felt so generic. I have nothing else to say about it. It's just like, you know, like, we end up getting beat because they had tanks. We didn't. Nobody knew where to get tanks from. We had no type of help from the developers or the the PR people. They didn't say shit about how to play this game. And so it just felt very, very generic. Now, on the actual, on the full side of it, you know, I mean, it's in beta, so I might load up the beta and see if it's any different, but um, I, there's got to be something more to it. Cause I know it has integration with EVE, but they didn't even explain how that works, besides the fact to just say, Oh, you can call on airstrikes from orbit. Okay. What else? Like, how does this integrate with Eve? Is that the only integration point? So I think that was, that was, a, that was a failure of theirs. They did not relay that properly. And I am in no way, shape, or form excited for Dust. At this point. Wow. <laughs> like, it's, it's really, like, I asked if it was any chance that it was coming to PC. I got hit with a quick no. That, that was it. I was like, Okay, that, I know that always that always strikes me as I mean, it's it's a it's a, it's a first person shooter, right? It's not over the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, it's first person. That always strikes me as odd when you get a a shooter that they're like, yeah, we're not putting that on the PC. Like, yeah. like that's where you should be. That that's like where your audience should be. <laughs> I mean, it's free to play, and it's, I think it's gonna be one of the first free to plays on PSN on the PlayStation. So I don't know, just like Dust Five on Four. Skip it. That's how it feels right now. It felt like a waste of time. The line was actually never that long for Dust either. So maybe word got around, but like, yeah, like that. If if there was anything special about that game, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. So, um, let's see. Let's go here. Why don't you Saints Row Four, Nick? You actually. actually well, I was gonna say before that, if we want to talk about disappointments. Oh, okay. Um, can I do Dead Island? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and now I, I should begin um, by saying I don't feel that this is a disappointment entirely reflective of the game. Part of this is, is does lie with the fault of the reviewer. Um, but uh, I did get a, a chance to play Dead Island Riptide briefly. And uh, there's really three issues that I had with the game. One is I didn't play the first Dead Island. Um, so I really had no uh, base point for comparison beyond just general FPSs. Um, two... I did not. I'm not good at FPSs. Um, I, I'm not even competent, <laughs> or maybe I am by certain metrics, but um, they're not my they're not my cup of tea. And third, I don't own an Xbox, and the uh, the demo was on an Xbox. So as soon as I got started in the game, I wake up on some island, and they're like, "Hey, you know, let's go find c- civilization." And uh, I'm holding a knife, and I run around, and I throw my knife. And then I run over to pick up my knife, and as I get close to the knife, they show a little hand grabbing it that says press X. So, you know, you've got the di- diamond shape 
you know, four buttons on the uh, on the right side of the controller. X on a PlayStation is the lowest point in the diamond, and I keep pressing that and jumping. And you know, suddenly I'm getting a little message like the rest of your party is waiting for you. Press you know right on the directional pad to join them. And I'm like, I guess I'm not getting my, I guess I'm not getting my knife. And I join them, and I wind up having to punch zombies for the rest of the time. Um, so I I don't feel that I got the full Dead Island Riptide experience. Um, I know there was some, I know there were some. I don't know if there were complaints or just one of the the noteworthy features of the first game where that like you could see the damage that you were doing the numbers popping up that's still there um there were a lot of zombies you know it was you know i was we we're doing the multiplayer co-op uh, apparently it's drop in drop out um so it's as far as i can tell it seems like very much like the first one um but again without a point of reference i don't know what was different um but um yeah, from my perspective, I can't even say it was a disappointment because I had no expectations, but it just wasn't exciting. <laughs> so, well, that's just like the regular game; it was not exciting at all. Yeah, it's it's just there. <laughs> yeah, like dust. Yeah, so there you go. So, <laughs> dust and Dead Island. You know, play at your, you know, play at your own, uh, your own whim. It, uh, Dead Island, like actually, before PAX, we have a meeting. And there was, like, nobody biting to take Dead Island. That's why it fell to me. <laughs> That's why it fell to me. It's like, you, you drew our guy that doesn't play shooters. Yeah, it was just like, uh, Joel, uh, some of you may know Joel Couture, he writes on the site. And just the way he was talking about it, I was like, I can't send you. You hate it already. <laughs> I can't send you. know, Joel. but at least, at least he would have had an opinion. You know, I mean, he because I almost feel like in some ways, like at least you know he could have maybe gone and he could ask, he could ask questions. I mean, you there there are ways that you can ask questions and express a negative opinion through your questions and sort of get a response from that without being on the offensive. And maybe Joel could have done that. He is a wordsmith. Um, whereas I, I mean, I had no frame of reference to approach anything just be like yeah so there's zombies people like them you walking dead cool right <laughs> yeah I, I i think my problem is i wear it on my face yes <laughs> i wear it <laughs> like when trish kept shooting like tess not trish tess kept shooting the zombies or kept shooting the, the uh the infected and fucking uh, last of us the guy could clearly see on my face that i was getting frustrated at this chick you could clearly see it like, i was like ugh but uh, yeah, I mean, I just ran on my face like, oh, here we go, zombie whacking simulator, aka Dead Island. So yeah, I can't. I, I didn't expect it to be all that great, so I can't say I'm surprised. It, it did. It did remind me, at least in the setting, because even then, I you had like four characters, one of whom was like a former rap star. It reminded me a little bit of uh, the Anaconda movie with I think Ice Cube. <laughs> but Ice Cube wasn't rapping in Anaconda. No, but he was like he's still Ice Cube. You can't look at him and not think like you know rap star. So. I can, at this point. Well, yeah. Well, now, now you think, uh, are we there yet? That is true. <laughs> um, I thought that, that that actually that was one of the most annoying characters. Like, there was a couple of annoying characters in that game. That that that, and there's only four, so that says a lot. Fifty <laughs> percent <laughs> so, annoying. Yeah. <laughs> that I, I really wasn't digging. Um, so I'm not surprised that Dead Island. Actually, I thought Riptide was just an expan like, like an expansion. I didn't know it was all, like a, a sequel or like a brand new game. Oh, sorry, that was DLC, is what I meant yeah. to say. So, uh, but 
Well, okay, so now let's talk about Saints Row 4. That's another thing. Speaking of DLC, there was the uh, the Enter, Enter the Dominatrix DLC for Saints Row 3, which I believe that ultimately grew into uh, Saints Row 4. Okay. Uh, see, um, but uh, yeah, so I got, I got the opportunity to sit down and watch uh, some content with Jim Boone, uh, one of the uh, producers of Saints Row 4. Um, and again, it's another franchise. I don't have a lot of experience with the prior games. Um, but at least they they gave me context here, so I I understand it. Um, and that game just looks just looks insanely fun. Um, I mean, it, it's always kind of had that like just wacky, just we're throwing like everything in here, just balls to the wall, crazy shit kind of game. Um, and you're getting more of that. You're getting way more of that because now uh, now the characters have superpowers. Um, and they've got this whole whole story set up where basically, you know, it, where actually it makes sense that you've got superpowers and you're fighting aliens because that's the kind of enemy you're going to need to fight. If you're going to give, you know, you're going to be that overpowered. You can't just fight muggers now. You need, you know, they've stepped it up. Um, and so, yeah, you're jumping around. You're, you're, uh, there's a, a modified form of flight. Um, you've got super speed, super strength. Um, plus, you still have all of the you know, or, or all the just insane technology. Um, they've got uh, two of the two of the weapons they were happy to show us um, was the inflato ray, which just like you know fills somebody up like a balloon until they pop, and then the dubstep gun, which um, they actually said they came up with the idea for the dub or the name of the dubstep gun before they had an idea what it actually did. They were just like somebody said, let's do a dubstep gun, and like what's that do? I don't know, but it sounds awesome. So they <laughs> did that. And uh, basically, like they shot it, and there was like a bunch of people standing around running, and it's, it's it has the effect of being like a stun, but it turned the whole area into a dubstep party. And when you ran through there, you heard the, and I don't know what song it is, but it was the theme that they used for T.J. Miller's mashup on Comedy Central over the summer. Um, so you know, so you, you're running through there, you're hearing the dubstep, you know, you're seeing everybody dancing. So I mean, it's just, it's just. I don't want to say silly. It's like silly fun with the just, I mean, uh, you know, uh, the, the guy was doing wrestling moves when he was doing some of the hand to hand combat. I think, I don't think that's new. Um, but it's just, uh, if you've liked saints row four, um, and there were some people in the, in the, in the crowd who were clearly fans of the series, they, they looked excited by this. Um, and I had, I mean, I, you know, as, as again, as someone who hasn't played the series, I thought it looked great too. Um, there's a mech. I think mechs were like the cool thing at uh, what is it? That uh, E3 had all the the bow and arrow archery. I feel like this this show had mechs everywhere. But uh, no, they, so there's a mech you can get into and run around, and the mech even dances. Um, so that's fun. Um, so it, it uh, I, I think that looks like that's gonna be a good game. Okay. Uh, what about chivalry? You played that as well, right? chivalry let me say this this is out now this is not a preview i mean this is not a preview this is more of a our hands-on experience but this game is out now um if you liked bushido blade you will like chivalry um it's a first person i want to say shooter but you don't really shoot in the game there are some ranged weapons but primarily it's like first person melee um, although you can roll it over the shoulder and, and look at your character that way, but it's 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 like a, a historically accurate medieval times melee game um, where you know you play as like a you know like a knight or some variant thereof, and you're given a sword and a shield or an axe. You know, there's like 70 weapons to choose from, and you're put in these you know you're put in the classic arena shooter settings. There's capture the flag, um, there's deathmatch, 
Uh, and so you get to go out there and just run out into a field of people swinging your axe. And yeah, maybe you chop a limb off or maybe they chop your limb off first. I mean, some of the gameplay, they, they had a pole arm or a pole hammer rather. And you, you could just bash somebody's head in literally with the pole hammer. Um, I mean, it was, it's, it's, it's vicious. It's violent. It's not, it's not overly bloody. There was, I mean, you get blood on the characters, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like a Tarantino movie with the amount of blood, but just, I mean, there was, I, I got, I got my head cut off by somebody and the camera followed my head as it went flying and then landed and you could still see the brainstem wiggling. Um, so it's, it's violent in that regard, but it's fitting because that's how the arrow was. Um, I mean, if you can aim right and the aim is, is, the aim is a little bit above my beyond my skill, but this was one game where I didn't mind uh, because basically uh, I was talking to Steve Piggott, who's the president of uh, Torn Banner, uh, who developed Chivalry, and he was saying like you have to think of the like the where you're controlling the mouse, like that's where your hip is, and so when you're aiming your sword, you know you're kind of pivoting from the hip, and if you can aim the sword right, like I said, you can cleave somebody's head off. You know, you can, you know, do like the Black Knight in uh, from Monty Python and get their arms and legs. Um, I mean, there was one death. They have traps on the field. The uh, the classic two logs swinging together and crushing somebody that looked vicious. Um, I mean, it's not it's not a game for the faint of heart. But if you if you yearn for like realistic gameplay, if you yearn for like a medieval setting that isn't fantasy, I mean, there's no mages. There's no you know, there's no mana, no spells. I mean, this is just straight up two guys or, or you know, way more than that even like a, you know a shit ton of guys with weapons just armies charging at each other um i'm i'm looking forward to play this game again because it's just it's 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 one it, it's one of those games like we just never see that like we always talk about how we need like more i guess like more variation in the games that come out like everything's just a, a take on something else and this really i feel like this is hitting a spot that nobody else is in that space hmm Actually, I've seen chivalry. I've seen videos of chivalry. Like people make video- these videos of chivalry of them just going around chopping each other up. Yeah, and the video is actually quite hilarious. Oh, it's usually. it's. I mean, it's it's. It, it, I mean, yeah, it's 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 hilarious, but it also it's it's just it's visceral. <laughs> it's just, and it's yeah, yeah. I I I I went I went in thinking like oh, it's gonna be another like RPG like you know so, like something like just not at all. It, it completely blew my expectations away. That's cool. Actually, something that that would surprise me was transistor was a uh, transistor. Sorry, um, super giant games. The people who made Bastion they made this game, and it's it's another isometric game. So when I saw the trailer for it, and then I you know I saw the trailer for it, I was like, okay, it's gonna be I guess kind of like another Bastion, um, you know, lots of action stuff like that, uh, which I was totally fine with. It's not a bad thing. Uh, it was cool. But then when I actually played it, because you play it, and it starts off with this beautiful song that I thought they licensed, and it turns out they did not. They actually wrote the song for specifically for the game. There's a couple of songs in the game that are written specifically for the game. They sound great. But it starts off, and you know, you're this girl, Red, that, that's, that, uh, well, she her name is, her I guess her stage name is Red. She was a singer, and um, she is scheduled to be assassinated, I guess. Somebody's trying to kill her. Uh, the process, this thing called the process, which they don't explain what the process is. You just know it's like technology-based, it feels like. And you find the transistor, which basically looks like the sword, uh, which it's a sentient sword. 
Alright, and it's talking to you. Grab it, and the first thing I do, of course, is I try to swing it, and it doesn't swing. Like, I hit the button to do the move, and it does, like, this charge move. So she pulls it up, hits the ground, charge goes out. And I'm like, okay, there's no way to swing this sword. How am I supposed to play this game? And I put, you know, I fight the first couple enemies just using the charge. And, you know, I hit the, hit the button, and then you get a second move, which actually takes even longer to do. Ultimately, you wind up getting four moves before the demo is up. And it, none of these moves are really fast-paced. Like, there's one, actually, there's one move that is fast-paced. It's a charge. Like, you, you charge toward the person, or, or dash, I should say, toward the person. And uh, then you find out there's this mode where you can hit the right trigger, and you basically can plan out your attack. You can move in any direction. Like you're not on a specific specific track, but you can move around, and you can, uh, you know, uh, I guess target an enemy, hit the hit the attack that you want to do, and then you can do that for multiple enemies. But the thing is, there's a meter that there's, there's a meter you have, and you can only do so many moves within that meter. And the thing that also includes walking. So every time you use a move, they use a certain part of the meter. Or you can see that move in the meter itself. And then when you walk, it drains the meter. So if there's eight enemies on the field, you can't just hit the button and then you know schedule a move or, or plan a move for all eight enemies and then just do it. And then on top of that, once you actually go to execute the moves, the enemies can start moving around. Like, so once you hit the button and then you start going, the enemies can move around. So if you do a charge move and an enemy moves behind, behind like you know a wall or something, you can you can actually miss. So it's 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 I guess I don't know if I'm explaining it well enough, but it's actually really cool because a lot of your your fighting is you know it's tactical. It's not just you know mash X. It's very tactical. And you have to take so many things into consideration, like, you know, is this enemy going to move, what direction is the enemy going to move in, are they going to move behind a wall, what, uh, you know, uh, which attack should I do, and it was just very fun to play, the game looked really good, it has the same narrator from Bastion, which I cannot remember his name right now, but, uh, yeah, it was... It it wasn't Stephen Blum by any chance, I feel like I heard him when I walked over there. Stephen Blum? Yeah, uh, I had no idea. What the guy, that is. He did Spike from uh, Cowboy Bebop. No, no, no. There's no. Oh. The, the guy who did the voice was there. He was at oh. the booth. Yeah. Oh. Which I can't. I cannot. I know his face, but I cannot remember his name. From I'll save my life. Oh, right uh, Logan Cunningham. There you go. So I think so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was very very cool. Not what I expected at all. I was I uh, was looking for something and I found something else. I was totally surprised. I think it was really cool. Um, another game that surprised me: uh, Ascend New Gods. So I go over to this booth. I'm not expecting to see anything impressive because it's on the Xbox. And you guys know how I feel about the Xbox 360 right now. <laughs> um, first and also, it's a free-to-play game on the Xbox, which is actually they don't exist right now. That's actually something that this is something new that Microsoft is going to be trying. Um, but so I go over there, check it out. Basically, the in Ascend New Gods, uh, you're something called a, I guess a a chaos is what you are. Like a god creates you. You know, you're created, and then you have to pledge allegiance to a god. But the thing is, like you're not just you're not just a normal 
person. Like you're a giant. Like when you when you are created, there's a bunch of humans around you and they're tiny. Like they maybe come up to your ankle, maybe. So as you're traversing through the world, you'll see tons of humans and like you can step on them, you can eat them. Yeah, they're, they're just there for you to do shit to. Um you go into you know, you have to go pledge allegiance to one of the gods, the god of dark, void, or light. And based on which god you pledge, um, you can it, you get different buffs. Like, you know, with the god of darkness, you get higher attack uh, and power. With void, you uh get higher magical power, and with light you get better healing. Also, the thing that's cool is like each god has like a herald, I guess. And the heralds are chosen from the leaderboards of the game. So if you have a high score, like if you're one of the higher players in the game, your your character, your 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 god, I guess, will choose you to to be their herald, and you'll be sitting there when the new players come out, hmm. which is actually pretty cool. Um, but you go into the world, and you know you, you're. At first, it's kind of like you would expect. Like you grab a weapon, um, you can actually uh, you have a, you can choose what kind of weapon and armor you want in the beginning of the game. You can actually buy better health and armor if you want uh, health and armor, armor and weapons if you want to. But at the start of the game, you actually get some pretty good stuff. Um, so you go out, you you know you start off just by like you know you're fighting a couple of enemies. Um, you know, you get used to using the shield and the sword and, you know, the different enemy types. But then something cool happens. Then you start to see that um, even though they can't, they're not interacting directly with your game, unless you specifically want them to, um, you can see the ghosts of other players walking around. And you can see other players in what they call realms. And the cool thing that you can do is you can banish your enemies into their realms. If they're around you. So let's say you, you're fighting a bunch of enemies and so another player is around, you could take those enemies and you could open up these portals and suck the enemies into other players' realms. And if those enemies kill that player, you get experience for it. Huh. Yeah. So conversely, though, you're walking around and you might see, like, a ghost or something, and then they might send enemies at you. Exactly, yeah. That huh. that was that was happening a lot, and then what what would happen sometimes? Like we keep banishing until we ran out of fucking power, huh? And whoever <laughs> whoever drew the short stick with the least amount of power would uh you know end up fighting the enemies. But at the same time, it, that means that you also now have um more enemies to fight, and therefore you'll get more XP. So you could just take the enemies and fight them and kill them if you really wanted to. Well, yeah, but I guess I guess fundamentally you you get XP if the enemies kill you, the other guy, or you get XP if you kill the enemies. Right. So it seems like either way, either way, it seems like you're the only way you lose is if you send them over, and then the other guy kills them. Right. Pretty much. So. Yeah. So huh. like, yeah, it's, and actually, you can kind of see like because you know, people move differently when they're hurt. So I saw a guy that was like limping along, and I banished enemies over there, and they killed him. <laughs> So, yeah. It's cool. It's actually, there's a lot of uh, player interaction that I guess you don't have to interact directly. Like, you know, once you hit a certain level, you can ascend your character. Which means they be, they be, they become a they become a god, or at least they, they belong to whatever god you pledge them to. And you, whatever armor 
powers, all that stuff, whatever you have equipped on them, they now become a part of the game. So there's a part where I played where I fought a uh, an ascended character. He was trying to take over one of the villages that I had taken. And, you know, basically, like, uh, they're just harder to fight simply because, you know, they're actually, they were created. They're not just in the game. They're not created by the developer. They're created by other players, and they're going to use the powers that were given to them. Is that making sense? Yeah. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. Another, another thing that was cool is, like, one, because you could go to these temples. You, you go to the temple, you cut off the head of the priest at the temple, and the temple becomes yours. Okay. And when you do that, the people around the area become yours. And you can call them. You can call them, and they'll climb onto your body, and you can walk around with a fucking army on your body, and as you're walking around, they're shooting arrows and shit at your enemies. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And so, like, you can also, like, and when you take damage, like, if somebody shoots at you and you take damage, they act as a shield because they'll take the hit for you. You can also eat them and get your health back. Okay? But it was just cool, like, doing the call and watching all these little guys get on my body and now I'm walking around with like flaming arrows shooting off of my body. You can tell them to get off, and they can start fighting. You know, too. It's it was just really cool. I I, I like the game a lot, and I it's actually going to give me a reason to turn on my Xbox if it turns on. At this point, <laughs> I was already having trouble with the disc tray. We'll see if it actually turns on. You you can buy another. They should be available. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah, but I send you guys. Definitely a, uh, uh, it surprised me. It surprised me. Um, but now you played a game called Secret Ponchos. Yes. What is that? Yes. It's a, uh, isometric shooter, um, multiplayer. Uh, I think they had, uh, they had some 4v4 and some 8v8 matches going. Um, and it's, it's, it's like a total spaghetti western. Uh, kind of setting so you get your character um, and they have you know each each character has a certain play style and their guns reflect that um, there's the big guy who's got the yatling gun for example and then there's the small guy who's got the the dual wheel pistols um, and it's it's basically um, it it plays similar to power stone if you remember that but without the sort of crazy you know melee um, it's a lot more. It feels a lot more of uh, sort of strategical, and and it's a, uh, it's it's a shooter. You know, it's, it's fundamentally a shooter game. So it's it's all about fighting at range and dodging and and ducking behind everything. Um, again, it was on an Xbox, um, or at least they had an Xbox controller there. So I, I was struggling a little bit in that regard. But other than that, um, you know, I, other than that, even though I sucked at it, I still had a lot of fun playing it. it it's it's got an awesome style to it. Um, and the game itself, it looks like, I mean, the, 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 I was talking to one of the developers and he was getting way more into the depth of the gameplay than I was ready for. Because he's like, okay, now this, use this button for this attack and now use this button for your alternate attack. And I'm like, I don't even, I didn't even do the first attack you told me to do. So um, it's got the, it's got the, the, I guess the standard, you know, the left, left analog moves, the right analog aims. So you, you know, you're kind of moving and aiming in different directions and then the, the trigger button for firing. Um, it's, I, I thought that was a lot of fun, even though I sucked at it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, cool. Actually, I didn't, I passed by, I didn't even, get, I passed by the banner. I didn't even look at the game. I was yeah. so busy. And I was like, if I would have known that it was a play like Power Stones, I probably would have actually checked it it's, out. 
Well, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm really. It reminded me of Power Stone very visually because, like, Power Stone was another one of those multiplayer. You're kind of looking down on the map, kind of games. But yeah. it, it, it's so. I mean, it, it, it reminded me of that. But it, it, I wouldn't say it plays like that because I mean, Power Stone is all about picking stuff up and throwing it and running around, and and and, and this is a lot more. It's a lot more duck and cover. And and well, not really duck and cover. It's more like you're you're, you're dodging you're dodging bullets and running around you know running around stuff to not get a shot in, and then coming up behind somebody and trying to shoot them there. Um, they had a really neat visual effect for when somebody runs behind cover or you you know when you lose line of sight um, because the person kind of freezes where they were where you last saw them and then they just fade out there to indicate like that's where you last saw them but they could be anywhere now. And so it's, I mean, you, you know, you've got, it, it looks like a fun game. You've got your big, slow guys that do a lot of damage. You've got your quick, you know, quick, speedy guys that do, you know, minimal damage and everything in between. Um, there was one guy, one of the bigger guys had a musket and he's actually got a cool attack that you can do where you would lower your musket and do a charge. And then it had the bayonet on the front. So you charge and pick the guy up on the bayonet and then you could shoot him off of it. Hmm. So I thought that was neat. So that's pretty, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, so I, I, that looks like that's that's one of those kind of you know if you get a lot of people together or you play over the uh, you play over the internet, that looks like it'll be fun that way. Okay. Well, what about Legend of Dungeon? Legend of Dungeon, um, that was interesting. That was one of the that was one of the, the more indie games. I think it was made by a husband and wife team. Uh, I think Robot Loves Kitty, and um, the graphics were very uh, rudimentary. Um, but it's fundamentally it's a roguelike um, where you go down. I think it was 26 levels. You go down into a dungeon and then you have to come back up the same 26 levels, uh, and they're all randomly generated. Um, and so you know, so even talking to, to the, the the husband of the team, um, he was saying like you could theoretically run into the hardest boss on the first level because that's oh. just randomly what you drew. Um, and so it's it's for up to four players, and you you know you got to go down and work together and navigate your way through the dungeons. Um, it's not quite two dimensional, but it's not quite three dimensional. I don't really know how to. I guess two and a half dimensional would be the way to describe it. Um, but it's kind of got one of those. The the levels are very the 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 third dimension. The depth is very abbreviated, uh, but you still move up and down to, to navigate through that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 as I said, it's roguelike, so it's hardcore. So when you die, you die. Um, you, but you can, you can come back if you're playing with a party, uh, when you die, you just float around as a ghost. And if you can find, uh, the right little, I, I want to say pixels, but I know they actually represented some in-game item, like some golden thing. Um, you could, you could actually come back as with no health and then, you know, sort of work your way back. Um, what's interesting though, is they also said that the music was randomly procedurally generally generated. And what they did is they wrote, I think they said they wrote 12 songs for the game. And then they broke those songs down into each individual musical element. And they had something like 144 or 200 individual pieces of tracks. And they made sure they all had the same key and they all had the same tempo. And then what they did is they took those and they assigned them each to uh, certain monsters that you'll find in the game. And so this way when a monster shows up, there's you've got like maybe like a one in six, you know, there's one of six possible tracks that you'll hear. And so the more monsters that show up, the more music you'll hear and the more it'll fit together. And so if you've got a lot of monsters around, you'll hear this sort of cacophony. And if you've only got like one or two, you'll just hear this sweet little melody. And as you whittle it down, you'll go from one to the other. Um, So I thought that was sort of an interesting approach to 
the the random generation uh, idea that you'll see. Um, but I, I did actually get to play that with Joel, who we mentioned earlier, and uh, yeah, he's better at that than I am. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He 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 lasted a little longer than I did. I think I fell into some lava at some point. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I saw it, but it really didn't look like uh, you know something that I well, wanted. If, if you it. if you like roguelikes, I mean, ro- ro- you know, with ASCII graphics. <laughs> Uh, you know, where the at symbol means something, um, you know, then, then, I mean, as I said, the graphics were very rudimentary, um, you know, retro to a degree. And uh, if, you know, it's not, you're not playing it for the graphics. You're playing it because you like that hardcore style of play, you know, going through. Somebody got stuck. I remember they, they kept getting a little alert on their uh, on the corner of their screen telling them like remove you know like remove the 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 helmet on your head it's 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 you know it's a net bad helmet but it was cursed so they couldn't remove it you know it's got a lot of those elements where you're you're finding items that you you, you can't identify them you kind of have to put them on and just hope it's good um or wait till you find an identify scroll which you never find so um oh. if if you yeah if you like if it, it was a it's a it's a nice roguelike uh four player game i think that was fun hmm yeah, it, uh, I don't know, well, speaking of roguelikes, I don't like roguelikes, so I was just looking at that one, and it didn't really fit for me. There's a game called, uh, Tower of Guns, which is a first-person roguelike that was actually pretty cool, where, you know, once you die, you're dead, you gotta start over again, and it is procedurally generated, you know, we, uh, there, I think it's like six rooms total, and each room is, yeah, they're huge rooms, by the way, first of all. But each room is, uh, you know, it's a challenge to get through, you know, and that's basically the game. There really is. I don't know if there's. I don't think there's some, any type of story or anything like that. But that's the game. Like it was actually, it was pretty cool. It was made by one of the guys from Thirty Eight Studios, now the, the now defunct Thirty Eight Studios. Um, and I don't know. He just he, you have you start off with one gun, and you can actually get upgrades to that gun as you're destroying things and picking up money and stuff like that. And I, it's kind of hard to describe. Like, I really can't. I don't know what else to, to say about it besides, you know, you go to these rooms and your objective is to survive. So you need to destroy things that are shooting at you. Uh, make sure you don't get blown up. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. It's really hard to talk about. I'd have to show you. But that's a roguelike that I thought was actually pretty cool. Um, another game that I played... That, oh, I know you didn't get a chance to play Nick was Loco Cycle. Actually, I didn't even get a chance to play it. I got a chance to watch somebody play it. <laughs> uh, it wasn't a hands-on, but it was it was a, it was a demo. And um, Loco Cycle, I was I was curious as to what Loco Cycle actually was, and then I come to find out it's it's twisted pixel. Like the way it was av- not advertised, the, the images I saw of it made it seem like it was like a more hardcore game, but it's twisted pixel. It's not a hardcore game. It's a very comical game about a a a, a government made motorcycle called iris that kind of goes crazy and it's uh mechanic who is hispanic um gets like caught on it and so this motorcycle is dragging this mechanic through the united states like the mechanic is literally sliding on the concrete as this bike is driving and the government is trying to catch this bike and get it back but the bike is too smart, so it has, like, guns and shit on it. It actually has two wheels in the back, and the wheels can split apart. And, like, you can kick stuff, I guess you could say, with the back wheels. It can actually hover in the air for certain periods of time. So there's, like, a part where 
these guys on jetpacks came and I ju- well, the guy jumped in the air and he was doing like some kung fu moves with the bike. And they hit the 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 mechanic only speaks Spanish, so the mechanic is try is trying to talk to the bike, and the bike can't understand what the mechanic is saying. And it's just, I don't know, it, it looks pretty cool. Um, that's another one I think I have to show you. Like it's 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 not a one hundred percent unique idea. Like we've seen it like where you know. It's like driving, and you have to, uh, the driving portion is like, you know, you're dipping in and out of cars, and you're shooting at other stuff while you're driving, you're shooting at the bad guys while you're driving, but I guess the, the difference is, like, you know, you also have those portions where you're doing, like, melee combat, and it switches in between the two kind of seamlessly. There's also QTE sequences to do, which I thought was pretty cool. Like, at first I was like, oh, okay, this is nice, and then he did the QTE stuff, I was like, oh, great, I love QTEs. So that was nice. I liked it. It was pretty cool. Looking forward to it from Twisted Pixel. Should be pretty good. It's a, uh, it's gonna be an Xbox Live game. I can't imagine it selling for more than fifteen bucks. And that would probably be a good price point for it. To be honest with you. Um, let's see what else. Some stuff that I actually love. Let's talk about Moga and Shield, because those both of those surprised me. Um, let's start with Shield first. I know Nick. Uh, you didn't get a chance to play the Moga. Well, what did you think about no, the Shield? I, no, I, actually, oh. I, did, I did play the Moga. Oh, okay. We'll start with the Moga then. How did you feel about the Moga? Um, well, before we start, the Moga, I'm not sure if anybody's seen these devices like in Best Buy. That's what I saw it. But basically, it's a controller for your Android device where you can kind of flip the middle of it open and you can put your controller into it. And the one in Best Buy right now is the small one. It's like made for you to put in your pocket or your bag and then go. There's a Moga Pro controller that's the same size as the Xbox 360 controller, and yeah. that's the one that was on display there. But go ahead, Nick. Yeah, well, I, actually, well, I, I wish they had both of them, and I, I, I tried the uh, the Moga Pro. Um, I thought it was fine. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I think with it, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't really looking for too much. Like, I, I, I didn't, I didn't have any complaints about the controller. I think that's probably one of the best things you can say about it is like you want the controller to be so tuned that you don't notice that it's there and at least for the game that i was playing i did the zombie shooter one um i had no problems with it yeah um so i mean i mean fundamentally uh, it's it's it, there's not i almost feel like there's not a lot to say which is exactly what you want to hear um that i got on there it was funny because while i was there some guy came over he's like what are you playing i'm like i don't know some zombie shooter games like oh he's like when does that come out i'm like no 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 this isn't about the zombie game it's about the controller <laughs> 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 but uh yeah i mean it looks it had no problem I, I know both of them the the moga pro and the uh the, the the mobile one um they both have the little flip flip in the middle that you that's a little piece that flips up that you put your phone into so you can just you know they're both so i mean they're both effectively mobile but yeah, as, as far as the controller goes, it it held on. Uh, you know, it it felt it felt natural. Um, I, I had an easier time with that than I did with any of the Xbox controllers I had to use uh, during the conference. Really? <laughs> um, I'll be honest. I I saw the Moga booth and I passed it by so many times, but then I passed by the side that where they were they basically had an iPad hooked up to like a fifty inch. Or uh, maybe 46-inch. It was big. It was big screens. And they had these iPads hooked up via HDMI, and then they had these guys playing on the iPad. I'm looking at it, and I'm the, the game was running at about 30 frames per second, the zombie shooter game. And it didn't look that bad, and I was like, this 
is what consoles should be afraid of. Yes. This right here should strike fear into the heart of Sony and Microsoft. Yes. Because, I mean, God for no, I should say God forbid, but um, let's say they come up with a technology that allows them to stream the screen of the iPad to your TV. It's game over, man. Like, it's That's it. That's all they would need. But right now, just hooking up the iPad to the HDMI or Android device to the HDMI of the television and then playing it that way, like that, that, that's, that impressed me. And I talk shit about mobile games all the time. You, you have. And I actually, I just want to quickly mention, um, I checked out Saturday morning RPG and they originally had, um, I think they had it running off of a tablet and the tablet broke. So they had to bust out their Ouya development kit. And so they, there was an Ouya on the floor and, and it was playable, but I mean, it was only for the game. You were there to play the game, but Again, that's another thing where you've got an Android device. It was incredibly tiny. Um, I mean, it looked on, it looked like it's like the size of like a candle, and it even was kind of clear and like lit up. Um, so it, it looked like something that might have fit right on like you know along with like my girlfriend's stuff. And I think yeah, that that's another really tiny device that uh, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no. we may have underestimated them. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean. I'm not saying that the PS4 is going to have a problem now or the new Xbox is have a problem now because when they come out, they're going to have the graphics that are going to blow these things away. Like the iPad is, or any Android device is not going to be anywhere near what the PS4 or the new Xbox is. But the fact that these consoles are more expensive, they're, they're, they're going to have that 10-year life cycle. I'd be extremely surprised if they did not have that 10-year life cycle. I, I'm actually, I'll actually be surprised if they make it to 10 years. But that, I mean, that's going to be the goal, the 10-year life cycle. Yes, yes. So far, it does not look like they have any expandable parts for upgrades. Do like, the, these mobile devices will catch up to them faster than they are right now. Yeah. Right now, the iPad is running Xbox 360 graphics. I guess the only problem is most of the games are running at, like, 30 frames, are, are not running at 30 frames per second. It's the frame rate issue. But... Yeah, I mean, like, the, the the mobile devices will catch up faster at this point. And, dude, like, I would I would play like that. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? If I'm going to use a controller anyway, I could play like that. And the thing is, like, if the graphics or if the, the power of these mobile devices can match up to the consoles, let's say, four or five years from now, what's going to stay? And now there's a way to have an input that is identical to, to the consoles. What's going to stop developers from, you know, making games for that for those platforms, especially if they're more accessible, which they will be. You know, like that that the the like the Moga, like if if I was Sony and Microsoft should have been there. They they should have had exact say looking at that like that should be fearful to them. It really should. But like, I I I I got a chance to play with the Moga Pro. Actually, they gave me a, a smaller Moga so I can check it out, and they're going to send a Moga Pro for review. We'll have that up. Um, so we're getting one of each? Yeah, we're going to get one of each. Ooh, sweet. We, ha- we have the smaller one now. Cool. And uh, we're going to get the Pro. And like from what I played, the Pro was sweet. Like It had a good weight to it. It felt good. It, it was just, I. They, it was no different than me using my Xbox 360 controller. It really was. And I have a Note 2, though it fits my phone. I, the Note 2 is huge. It fits my phone. 
So yeah, that like the, the Moga I was very, very impressed with. And that's a 15-hour battery life. 15 hours. And the shield was another one I was impressed with. Like, the shield is even better. I mean, I guess, well, first of all, it's not tiny, but it's small enough to when you close it up, you can throw it in a bag, and it's not going to be a big hassle for you to move around. When you open it up, the screen looks excellent. It's using Tegra 4 chipset, so the graphics are there. The only problem with both the Moga and the Shield is the software. That is it. Because the software right now is made for touchscreen devices. So the games kind of suck. Like, I was playing Shadowrun on the Shield, and I had to... The enemies are supposed to be, you know, coming at me and fighting me. I had to chase them down to fight me. They ran away from me when I got close to them. It was bad. Like... That game was terrible, and it it was not the problem was not with the shield. The problem was with the software. As soon as developers get on board, if developers can get on board with the shield and start making the games that are good or porting games over to Android that fit control schemes, dude, like the shield is gonna be awesome. It is going to be awesome. Uh, it's yeah, it's. Trust me, it's not the devices. It's the software. The problem is with the developers. The developers have a huge opportunity here to make a dent. Because no, I, I'm not going to say nobody likes dealing with the consoles, but there is a hassle. Uh, we've been hearing it more and more every year now where developers are bumping ahead with Microsoft. Phil Fish can't even patch his game because of how much it costs. You know, I had another developer talk to me about certification and you know putting up a patch. That cost him that it would cost him ten thousand dollars to do, you know. Like, yeah, it's, if developers want to make like want Microsoft and Sony to play their game, they 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 need to take advantage of these other avenues like the like the Shield and the Mogan. I cannot believe I'm fucking saying this. <laughs> they need to. That's what they need to do. I think. I think part of it too is that there hasn't been an outlet before for any. You know, like, you know, any real controller for the Android devices. So, of course, there's no software for it because it wasn't there before. So, yeah, I think it's just a matter of time. I mean, you, you know, one of the things that we hear from developers is they like making games that they want to play. And, you know, most games people play, it's not a touchscreen. It's with a console. You know, it's with a controller. And so if that's open, if that's easy, if that's something they can do and there's an outlet for that beyond just Sony or Microsoft, yeah, it, it's... That'll that issue will sort itself out. If if there's nothing wrong with the hardware, all they have to do is just have a business model that'll let them last long enough until the software is there. Yeah, yeah. This is, you know, I mean, if, yeah. If this is a problem for Sony and Microsoft, I, I can foresee this being a problem for Sony and Microsoft if they do not act accordingly. You know, I I just want to interject for a moment because I did I did play the Shield also. Okay. And. I, I've been, I, I, you know, I played it. I think on Saturday, so I've had like three days now, two or three days to sort of figure out why I didn't like it, <laughs> and I can't. Like, whereas I said I had no problem with the Moga, something. Then yeah. I think it was sort of the the design because the, and admittedly I didn't play the smaller Moga because the smaller Moga I think even had the same similar shape to the shield. Something about the the, the shape of the shield, it just didn't feel right in my hands. And I, like, I, cause I left and I was like, that felt too light, but it also felt too heavy. 
<laughs> like it just somehow it completely missed how every could it possibly feel too light <laughs> and too and heavy too heavy yeah exactly like it's like i would like i don't know and it could just be maybe i was very tired <laughs> when i played it um but it just i i, I left I, I walked away from the shield thinking i did not like that experience at all and as i said with the moga like i had no problem with the moga are so, you sure I it wasn't the just, software it did, you know it could have been that as well it could have been that as well. I forget what game I played on the shield, but I remember I didn't enjoy that. I don't know. I played some kind of dungeon, dungeony game where I had like uh, I forget which one it was, but there was like this giant frog beast, this giant frog looking beast, and I had some knives, and I was running up to it and swinging them at that. But I have didn't... no idea what you're talking about. I don't know. In my like, I don't honestly. I'm like, I'm, I'm again. I'm saying here, this might just be personal preference, but as of right now, with my limited experience, I prefer the Moga to the shield. Okay. Both of them were good to me. I can't really trust Nick's judgment, Mr. Too Light, Too Heavy. And I'm not saying that you should. <laughs> so, but, yeah, both of those devices are actually pretty cool. Now, some games, like, I wasn't expecting to see, like, a game called Contrast. Like, uh, basically, the, the way the game works, or the, the it's a game... That's basically, I guess, what was it, in the 30s or 40s? N- not even, I mean, it was... It it's was, in the burlesque era. It drew, yeah, it drew from the burlesque era. It was, it was very, very burlesque-ish. Um, it drew from that. It, it, you know, ostensibly, it would have been a 30s-type setting, but it was not not the historical 1930s. Um, you know, it wasn't even set on Earth, I don't think. Um, but, uh, oh, that game, that game was just gorgeous. Why would you say it's not set on Earth? Because there were ghosts everywhere. No. Like there's, there was one part, I guess. Oh, you know, if there was one part where I went past where you're supposed to go find the girl in the hotel. You had to go, or the, the was it the hotel note or the ghost the ghost note? Yeah, ghost note. Yeah. Yeah, I went past that because I didn't see it, and there was a part where like the road went like just like there was like a giant chasm in the road, like it just like the roads just fell in into what ostensibly would have been the earth, and when you looked down into the chasm, you saw like purple space. Did you actually talk to somebody when you went to go play that game? Uh, I talked to the artist, the uh, the art, the person that did the art. And he didn't tell you anything about the game. Not that she she, she just said they were having a problem with their assets. <laughs> okay, so you got to flash that media badge, man. I they, well, I did. That's how I got to play the game. Okay, so basically, the uh, the premise of the game is you are you play as Dawn. But Dawn is an imaginary is, is is an imaginary friend of Dee Dee, the little girl. Ah, yeah. So the the, the actual main character is Dee Dee. Okay, this little girl that you see walking around, but you play as her as her imaginary friend. Okay, the imaginary friend has the ability to meld with the shadows, so or shift in with the shadows. So basically, like you can make shadows on the wall shift into the shadow and then use those shadows as a platform to do different things. Yes. Yeah, that's basically how you play the game. And that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. And actually the guy explained to me how he did it and I don't want to get into it on the podcast. It's extremely <laughs> tactical. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I'm glad he told me. I feel special. <laughs> because I can understand what he's saying to me. <laughs> yeah, but um yeah basically yeah so you can use the shadows to kind of hop around and, like, you know, overcome obstacles. Like, you know, use the shadows to get up to a certain platform, shift out, and now you're on the actual platform. Um, 
Didi, and I imagine there's a lot more to this game because they they told me a bunch of information about it. But Didi, like uh, you, you know, when you go to the ghost note and you see the chick singing in the shadow, yes, and you see her talk to the guy that she calls Daddy after, yes. Um, Didi is reliving memories. Like Didi has, she's going through some tough shit apparently. Yes. Yes. And this she this is her reliving it, or it is her way of coping with it. And you you basically relive it through the shadows. That's why all of the the roads are empty. Like there's nobody there. Like this is in Didi's head for the most part. So it's so just to say it's not an Earth then. Uh, okay, I guess so. It's <laughs> in our imagination. So good yeah, job. So, okay. Okay. Yeah, but basically, uh, basically that. So is yeah. this so this is some kind of like Papa Yo kind of like a kid w- working through some kind of like serious family issues then. Yeah, apparently so. Like this, is, like this is a really cool part that I cannot wait for, which, uh, you know, which we can, we can play where uh, there's a part in the um, in the in the trailer where you see Dawn as a shadow hopping off the tip of a gun, or hopping or hopping off of a shadow onto the tip of a shadow of a gun, and he says that there's a part where the parents are having an argument. And you have to platform through that because the parents are moving around sporadically, oh, like wow. they're like they're having an argument, and it's oh. that part. And well, I was even, like, "Wow!" Even then, I mean, there was the one part which I thought was just amazing, uh, where you had to turn on the carousel, and then you had to use the shadows from the carousel as it's going around. You had to jump on top of them and then move from one of them to one of them. And there were other, like other shadows that like like lights that were stationary. And yeah. so I should or say light, you know, lamp posts that were stationary. So you'd be riding on a shadow and then there would be like the, the, like effectively like a barrier that was moving up and you had to like navigate your way through that. So like, I mean, if you're, if you're saying now you're jumping amongst people, like that's just people as they're moving. Yeah. And arguing I mean, that's, that's, uh, I, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, this was one of those games where, well, it, it was, I mean, it graphically, uh, graphically, it just looked amazing. I mean, that's why I was glad I was able to talk to the artist, just to tell her, like, look, your game, like, you're, what you did here, I mean, you, you, it, it, it feels like you're in the burlesque era, and it just, it, I mean, it, it fits, it fits what they're doing there. And then, even then, the conceit, the general gameplay conceit there was just brilliant. So, I mean, it, this, this is one of those indie games that, you know, when it comes out, I think a lot of people are going to crap their pants and be like, oh, you know, I, I I venture to say, maybe not best game of the year, but at least best indie game of the year. I think you know it, it's it's it'll be nominated for that kind of stuff. It'll get it, those kind of rewards. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough year for that too, because you know uh, to go from that, there's another game that looks incredible, which is the Swapper. Yes, and just a, a, a quick like a synopsis of gameplay is that you are you are you start the game off. You're being ejected from uh, a space like a space station. Something apparently happens on the space station. You're being ejected. You land on the planet. When you land on the planet, you get two devices. One allows you to make clones of yourself. You can make up the four clones, and you could use like a flashlight type deal to place these clones in different areas. When you put the clone down, it moves exactly the way that you do. And yep. the way you collect the clones is that you have to physically touch it. The second device allows you to swap between clones. So you can put a clone somewhere swap and swap... Uh, to to that clone and actually you, you, now you're that clone so it, it, it's a puzzle based game obviously yes. and you use your tools to 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 get through these puzzles there's also certain lights you can't 
you that a stop allow you, you can't do certain things with the lights. Like for example, the red light, you can still make a clone, but you can't swap because the swap yeah. color can't make it through. And with blue, you can't make a clone, but you can swap. Oh, you know, I didn't realize you could swap through the blue. I didn't even get, get to try. You that. can swap through the blue, but you can't make a clone. Yeah, and there really, there's also a was it the yellow light or what, what, there was the other beam of light that whenever you went through it, the all your clones would disappear. Uh, I didn't see that. Yeah, no, they used it a few times. Like usually, it, like kind of stage clears or whatever to keep you from just having an army of clones going with you. Oh, I figured that just happened because you went through the state the, the no. door. No, that, but okay. you know that that one that felt like it, imagine if like they gave Samus the portal gun in the original Metroid. Like it felt kind of like that. I mean, obviously the portal and the cloning, you know, different mechanics, but I think it could. It's probably just because the uh, the little the little doorways they kind of look very reminiscent of the old Metroid a little bit. Yeah, they did. That's probably where you're getting that from. Yeah, but it it. Uh, but even then, I, the the the, uh, the space station that you were going through, I think the design of that reminded me of the old uh, the old Aperture Laboratory in Portal Two, where it was decrepit and there were signs and you had to kind of navigate your way through there. Um, it was very I don't know. It just it was another one of those games where the graphics were perfect for the mechanic that they were working with. And it really gave you a sense of, one, a deeper story. I like they had uh, – there was one part where you're running through the station. Well, first off, there was the one part, which I thought was brilliant in the demo, where you're running in the corridor and above it, you just see all this crazy shit that eventually you're going to have to platform through, including – wasn't there like a large monster or something in there? No, no. It wasn't a large monster. It was a device. It was a device. Okay. Yeah. But like you're, you're just looking at all this stuff, and I'm thinking, like, at some point, you're going to come back through here, and that's all going to be crazy to have to actually figure out. But then there was also, um, you know, there's also some, some little, like, logs that you could get to and access that started to fill you in on some of the backstory of the station. And yeah. also, there were these, like, rocks that when you ran past them, and again, it's, it sort of became a question of, like, who exactly are these rocks speaking for? But you got some kind of, like, voice. That you know it was represented as text on the screen, yeah. Um, but you got some kind of narration there as well. And apparently, there actually I talked to the developer, and there is somebody else there that Ooh. you will have dialogue with, that you see, will talk to have dialogue with. See, I don't like asking the developer those kind of questions because that ruins the game for me when I finally play it. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Like, <laughs> no, 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 I mean it's it's no, I'm 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 interested that you 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 asked that. You know, it's good information to have, but it's like I wouldn't I don't think to ask that because I'm like no no I don't want to. I don't want to ask about what else is going to happen. I just, I, I also want well, to enjoy. You have to. You're pressed. Like you have to get the information that you but need. I'm, but I'm also a gamer. Yeah, well, you gotta, you, dude. You just gotta do it. You gotta sacrifice. And then it's up to you to determine: Do I spoil that for other people, or I, do I let it go? I, I sacrificed. I, 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 I didn't eat much. I walked a lot. <laughs> All those pounds I lost. Pounds. Oh my god! I can't Ten believe pounds. my friends. I have calves of steel. Yeah. <laughs> But um, well, if he, yeah, it's it's like because I I talked the guy who I talked to actually I talked to the, the the creative director and I talked to the the author or the writer for the game and I was like so besides the stuff that I'm saying here is there gonna be dialogue is there gonna be things like yeah there's a there's another person there and you will interact with them uh, a little bit later in the game actually he said the full game was there if they would have allowed you to sit there you could have played through the entire game yeah but um. Yeah, another thing like you have, uh, it's not like it's not, it's not necessarily a power, but it's one something you could do is like when you're placing a clone, 
everything goes in slow motion. So sometimes, like, this is one puzzle where you have to place a clone back, jump off of this cliff, and then as you jump off the cliff, this this door comes down to where you were, Make the clone, and it makes the clone stand on this platform, and then you and, and you have to wait for this other platform to open, and you have to keep making clones and swapping in the air, or else you'll die. Oh, yeah. Okay. I yeah. Again, I didn't quite figure that out, but that's, that's yeah. So you know what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's where that's as far as I got, and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm, not, I'm just wasting my time here because this is not happening. Yeah. Like, but, that, wow. Because okay, you know, I yeah, I started kind of along that path, but I didn't quite get the mechanic fully. Yeah, that's how okay. I that's how that's how I did it. Wow. So, um, so yeah, that was cool. But like, we start this conversation with how it looks. The game looks incredible, and it's because. They did not render the graphics in like in like three D. They created this entire game with clay in real life. That's okay, insane. they made it with clay and and clay and different objects. They found like different rocks and things of that nature, and they took pictures of it and brought it in the game. The game looks like something I have never seen before. Yeah, like the, I, I don't know, like that teleporter. When I saw the teleporter, it kind of, it almost kind of gave me chills. It looks so real. It is real. <laughs> it is. It's because it's real. I, looked at it, I was like, oh my god, like this teleporter looks so fucking creepy. Somebody can make the game itself actually looks pretty creepy. Somebody can make an excellent horror game using this style of, I guess, you know, creation. As long as they have the time, yeah. As long as they have the time, even like even the way the the the, the character moves, like when he walks. Like, you know, you could do some really freaky shit with that. Yeah. And, like, the they, the game looks incredible. And, probably, like, right now, it is the best-looking game of 2013 to me. I it, I actually, I'll, I'd give the edge to contrast. You give the edge to contrast? I'd give the edge to contrast. But, I mean, you're, we're at this point, we're, we're nitpicking. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have no argument with, you know, you know, one being number two to the other. Contrast, <laughs> contrast looks excellent. I I love the way it looks overall, but dude, the way fucking the swap, well, the I mean, I, looks. I liked, and I mean, this isn't necessarily anything new, but I, it, you know, it's, it's still nice to see um, that one part where I kept jumping off the cliff and and not quite, you know, swapping properly. Yeah. Um, just watching all the 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 you know, just watching the guy fall and all the painful ways that he landed, and the awkward positions that he landed in. Yeah. Um. It was painful, but it was impressive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I mean, so you know, at least like you know, sort of their 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 not not quite collision physics, but uh, their ragdoll physics, I guess, were certainly there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's just an amazing looking game, and I don't think the game was made to be scary, but like it is, it is a creepy, not scary, but it, it has a sort of a, definitely a tense, solitary atmosphere, kind of like kind of like aliens before the, the aliens on the ship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, it, it, yeah, it definitely is creepy to to, to get through. It's kind of like you know, like when there's a part where you see, I don't know if it's a clone or another person, like, but there's like this 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 flow of like water going through a pipe, and you see like a person getting pushed through this at one point, and I'm like, oh, that, that was really kind of creepy. I hope I don't yeah. meet that person because they probably did. <laughs> you know, I don't want. This is not the place where I want to meet any dead people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the Swapper is definitely one to look out for. It's coming out for PC. 
Yes. Yeah, that that in contrast, I think the two of them are, are like neck and neck for indie game of the year. Yeah, so far, like very, very good showing at PAX. Um, well, let's talk about Delver's Drop for a minute. Delver's Drop um, is a fun little game. Uh, it's another, it's another beautiful game. Um, very reminiscent of uh, some like top-down Zelda-esque combat. Um, it's another procedurally generated, randomly procedurally generated dungeon crawler, um, where you know you go, you're descending into the dungeon room by room, um, and each room has an objective. Either you need to press a button that opens the door to the next room, or you need to kill all the monsters. Uh, and then, you know, once you do that, you can jump down the pit into the next room. Um, even the character, the main character, and I, I guess it looks like there's actually three main characters, but they only had one playable um, main character, looked like Deku Link, like with the big eyes and uh, the little the little hat with the, an arrow in it that kind of looked like leaves. Um, and then, he, you know, he had the, the standard shield and sword uh, that you'd expect Link to have. Um, and so basically he's just going around the room. You know, pushing rocks, you know, killing monsters, you know, breaking pots, um, all that. But it was it was just really gorgeously implemented. Um, and again, the gameplay being procedural, you know, there's what do you say? He had like he had over 75 rooms now and it's still in development. Uh, one of the things that the, the developer was saying was that uh, because they did a Kickstarter, they needed to make sure that the graphics were sort of the first thing that they accomplished. This way they could do a video to show people how good the game would look. Um, and a lot of the procedural stuff was still to come. There were some bugs there. Uh, some of the pits, uh, if you got too close to the pit, it would suck you in. He said that wasn't an intended consequence. Um, and it was funny too because the, the, the way the levels are, you fall into the level and you land on you know, this circular platform. And once you open up and that becomes the hole to the next level, once you press the button or kill all the monsters, then that platform, you know, opens up and now you have to jump into the hole that that created. So I saw one of the people playing the demo and he landed in the platform and saw, you know, he had to jump in the hole. So he gets to the next level and he's like, Oh, well there's a pit right here. That'll just take me down to the floor below. Won't it? And like, no, that killed him. So, um, you know, so, so that was, uh, amusing, but, uh, you know, again, if you like, if, if, I feel like if you like randomly generated dungeons, um, this is your year because <laughs> there, there are quite a few games going that route. Um, but yes, I mean, some of the puzzles were, were looked a bit challenging. And as I said, it's, it's, it's another, it, you know, it's another one of those gorgeous games that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this year. That's cool. Now the game I'm looking forward to now, I didn't even know it was coming out. It's called Charlie Murder. Which uh, is from SK. I don't know if it's Sky or SKA Studios. I'm gonna call them Sky Studios. The same people who did uh, Vampire Smile, the dishwasher. Uh, it's that same art style, but this game was actually a it's a beat 'em up brawler slash, you know, loot game, where like you know you have four players, and uh, you each player they can level up. So their attack gets level, kind of like Scott Pilgrim, I guess, in that aspect yeah, where yeah. they level, you know, they, they level up their attacks and things like that. Um, but you know, everybody you beat, everybody you hit, they give you, they can give you loot and things like that. So you can get like new hat, new clothes, new gear to actually boost your stats. Um, you can, uh, you can go, you can customize your gear. Like you get spray paint, you can paint it up. You can get tattoos that give you new powers. Like you actually have, you have powers too. Uh, there, it's actually very, you know, the, you don't have to do anything special with the powers. Like the face buttons do attacks and then we hold down the right trigger. Now the face buttons will do your powers. And when you get a tattoo, it will also, it'll modify those powers. Uh, so you can, uh, you can, ha- and you can actually, I think you, you can assault, you can assign the same power to multiple buttons. 
if you have enough of that power. So you can, if you like one power, make sure you stack up that power and then you can put it on your face buttons and that's it. Um, but you know, you can you can do like moves together with your with your teammates or with the people you're playing with. If you hit both trigger buttons together, and then you know sometimes you'll become like a robot. Sometimes you'll like become like a, a, a you know start shooting saws and stuff like that. It's actually it's a, it's a pretty cool game. Like the the premise is like you you were a punk rock band, or you are you are a punk rock band, and you know there was a guy who wanted to be in your band and you didn't let him in, and then he like you know pledges his soul to some god and becomes like a death metal, you know a death metal uh. I guess icon, and the death metal zombie apocalypse is starting. You're fighting your way through that. Yeah, so it's it's hard to explain. But if you've seen like the vampire smiles like that, it's that art style and that it, style of game. It almost reminded me a little bit of a, a more black and white kind of version of the gorillas. Almost, yeah. Almost, like it's yeah. it's it, is, it can be kind of uh, like creepy. Like this is one part where yes, like, yes. Yeah, you're like you're fighting in a uh, in, in an asylum, and asylums, I guess, are always creepy. But you're fighting in an asylum, and like these uh, these, I guess, poltergeists of these girls keep appearing, and like the the screen effect that happens when they appear is like really is like really freaky. Um, I can see it being an issue if I, if you're playing by yourself in the dark at night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could totally see that being an issue, but it was actually just really cool. Uh, the way that it. it was, it was a really fun game to play. I got to play with James Silva, which is the uh, he's he's the developer. It's two man team, him and his wife. Oh wow! They, yeah, two man team. They were there. Awesome, awesome game to play. It was a lot of fun. Xbox Live support. He says that's actually what he's working on right now, making sure Xbox Live support is perfect. And once that's finished, um, he's they, you know they they they're gonna be ready for release in a couple months, and that game's gonna be a great game to play uh, with friends across the internet. Cool. So it's only is it was that only Xbox Live? Only Xbox Live. Oh, well then so. I'm out. So yeah, yeah. Sorry, Nick. Um, the last game we're gonna talk about could be the most awesome game of all time called <laughs> <laughs> called Dive Kick. And yes. I, I thought, is this a joke, or are they actually gonna release the actual game? How do you not actually release that actual game? They they kind of have to now, I think, because that booth was packed and oh. all you heard come from the booth was oh oh like it was great that because, booth <laughs> i mean they, they they essentially took the 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 concept of the fighting game and distilled it down to one move <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically the, re- the reason they, the game is called dive kick is because if you dive kick if you dive kick your opponent you instantly win it takes all of their health that was the only, but that's the only move you could do. I think. I mean, I didn't. That's the thing. The booth was so packed, I didn't actually get to play it. But just, I, just, I've watched enough of it that all it was is you. It's a, you know, it's a traditional fighting game. Two people, health bars. Um, I think each fight was like five rounds, though. Or no, you had to it was best best uh, best five of nine, effectively. Right. Um, but then the matches themselves only had a thirty second time limit. Like this wasn't this wasn't your typical you know fighting game that could go back and forth with blocking. No, it was just two people jumping up and down to see who could hit the fir- the other person with a with a diving jump kick first. And I mean the characters in there, you had I mean you had like your 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 standard you know like you know your 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 street kids. You had uh, there was the fat guy in the jumpsuit. There was my favorite was Redacted, which was a werewolf. 
um and so yeah there was a nun i think i saw like a no not a nun uh some kind of like crazy nurse uh-huh. like with like a with like a hannibal lecter mask really like, yeah like i there did was, not see her there was some crazy shit in that game and i mean the beauty of it is it's like you just throw it in there and yeah you just start jumping at each other and you just keep going and and it, it's so fast and so quick like you don't have time to get bored with it you don't have time to get tired of it because it just it, it's just it, yeah it's like one hit and then boom everybody's like oh like uh it, it's i mean it, it, it obviously it can't sell for much yeah <laughs> but it's one of those games you'll pop it into the party and you'll probably you know you'll get a half hour of a blast out of that and it'll be worth it yeah so best game of the show Yes. <laughs> you know, I could see that like at a tournament, like you put that like in the lobby or something and like everybody's playing the actual, you know, fighting games in the actual tournament. You got that in the lobby going for like people who are just looking for a quick like, you know, let's just get some dive kick on. Yeah, pretty much. OK, so uh, how did you feel about the show overall? Man? This is your first time. Man. What did you think? This is my first time. Um, it was it, 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 I, 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 I feel a lot like uh, I did about the NVIDIA controller. It was too light and too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I loved it and I hated it at the same time, um, especially on Sunday. There were parts where I just, you know, I was I just wanted to, like, just, just find, like, a, a booth and just crawl under the desk and just pass out. <laughs> <laughs> and... You know, it was one of those things like, no, I got to keep keep going. And, and I mean, that, and, and it's one of those things where, I mean, there's a lot to do there. I mean, they had panels, which we haven't even talked about here. Um, and the, the th- that's the thing. There were a lot of interesting panels that I wanted to go to. I wanted to go to one of the, the, the Q&As with Mike and Jerry. I wanted to go to the Make a Strip. Um, and I, I, I wanted to go to the Blizzard Hearthstone uh, release. And I remember telling you when we were planning this, I was like, I'm the, the, these are the must things. These are the things that are locked into my schedule. And everything else will happen around that. And I went to none of those. <laughs> I went. To, I didn't go to a single panel this year. I mean, it's the game. I mean, it, it's. I mean, it's really. It's all about the expo floor. I mean, and, and the panels there are great, and there uh, the, some of the panels I did attend, uh, especially the Take This Project, um, which I highly re- recommend checking. I think it's TakeThisProject.tumblr.com. You can go there um, if you're at all feeling depressed or have anxiety problems. Go there and check that out. It, I learned a lot in that panel. Um, but also then there was like the, the violence and video games panel um, hosted by a Canadian psychiatrist. He was pretty funny. Um, I mean, there, there, there was so much to do. It was, it was one of those things. It was almost everything that it was advertised as like just a community of gamers just hanging out, playing games. And then it was also this massive like PR blitz that was the expo floor. And like you're going through there and you've got the big games that were like – you know, like everybody's in line for, like, I didn't get to see Elder Scrolls online because I was not waiting three hours in line for a 20 minute demo, but also you had the, I mean, the indie booth was just amazing. I mean, for as many games we talked about, there were some that we didn't even get the chance to talk about that we played. And there were even more that we didn't even get the chance to play. And just to see all these developers there, I think, I think like we've said for a while, at least I think you said that like indie, the indie developers are going to save gaming. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think that there's nothing further from the truth. I think you can kind of see that, that the triple A's, the triple A stuff is dwindling. And even then for us to talk about earlier, like how, you know, like consoles are at risk. I mean, whatever we might worry about any, any given publisher or any given, you know, fundamentally any given franchise or any given system at the very least gaming will exist. I don't think we have to worry about the actual industry itself. It's not like at any point people are going to stop making games. And I think PAX just being in that place. And I mean, even then there's a whole, 
I mean, tabletop and, and card gaming and all, all that stuff. We didn't even talk about what probably one of the best experiences we had was watching, um, watching Johann Sebastian Joust. Yes. With the, with the pirate. <laughs> that, yeah, that was awesome. That was, um, just to give you a quick story, story we, you know, we found where they were playing Johann Sebastian Joust after hours and it was a room. There were people all around the edges. And so we get in there and we're watching and they start this one match and there were, I think it was four, three teams of four. Or no, this was still a free play. This was still a free play. So that's right. So every man for himself. So there's about 12 people playing. And they got, you know, 11 guys all dressed regularly. And then one guy who was doing pirate cosplay earlier in the day. So he's dressed like a pirate. And, you know, so then so everybody starts moving around. Everybody starts, like, staring off with somebody kind of, you know, they're hunched over. They've got the – they're at the ready position. Kind of, you know, they got their, their, the, the controller held back and their other hand up like a shield almost. Kind of like, you know, basically dancing with each other. And nobody messes with the pirate. The pirate barely even moves. He just kind of stands off to the side. And then one by one, people start picking themselves off, either getting somebody knocked out or getting knocked out themselves. And then finally it comes down to this one guy and the pirate who has managed to outlast everybody by basically doing nothing, even though he's the most – conspicuous person in the group and so the pirate kind of just saunters over to him and the guy's just kind of standing back again in the default you know hand up you know controller back position and the you know the pirate kind of you know you know just is very calmly like you know like dude i got this you can't beat me i'm a pirate and so the guy (laughs) just kind of reaches up and grabs the pirate's hat and puts it on his own head and so now the pirate's thrown off he's like okay well, fine. I draw my sword and I swipe at you. And in doing that, he moved his controller enough to knock him out. <laughs> and so the guy beat the pirate. Yeah, it was one of the most awesome things we saw it there. Was, it was brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we highly recommend Johann Sebastian Just. I don't think that's actually available yet, is it? Uh, is I it don't still, know. Like, I, I want to do it. I want to do it for our next po- for our next charity event. I would love to try that, but we we that I mean, for anyone who's not familiar with it, it's a it's a game where you they play music, and you have to move in tempo with the music. But if you move too fast or too slow, you have a move controller, and it turns red, and then you're out. And so your goal is to make everybody move their move controller. Yeah, you don't need a move at all no. <laughs> for this. You just need the controllers. <laughs> you just need the controllers. Yes. So yeah. you don't need, you do not need a move controller for this at all. It's actually, it's a really awesome game. I think it, it'll be really fun to do at our next charity event. But yeah, like stuff we like really that. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Like you gotta have the right people because it, it could definitely get physical really fast. Yes, yes. I mean, there was one where somebody got pushed a little too hard. They kind of fell into the crowd. But I mean, they, everybody kind of understood. There was one where somebody won because they kicked their shoe at somebody else. <laughs> yeah, they kicked their shoe at somebody. Else. And so in a later match, you actually saw somebody like loosening the shoe on their foot, and everyone, the crowd was like, "He's going for the shoe!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it, it was really cool. But she, it, it is the type of stuff you find there. It was, and that's yeah. after the show for it. Like some of the best stuff. Like, I don't get people who go there and then leave at six o'clock. Yeah, like because there's tons of stuff to do afterwards. Like you yeah. know, even just going around to like that the the the, the console free play, the old school free play. Yes, and just like just re- like looking at the games people are playing. I, mean, I wasn't going to stand in line for a game, but, but it was uh, it was really cool. Either way, um, we, saw, we saw a Toe Jam and Earl being played. Yeah, Toe Jam and Earl being played. The original Soul Cal- well, the uh, Soul Calibur two for yeah. Dreamcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Soul Calibur 2, right? Or was it, no, sorry, sorry, just Soul Calibur. Yeah, just Soul Calibur. Just Soul Calibur for Dreamcast. So, but yeah, like, that's the, the cool stuff you, you really run into there. I 
I like the show a lot. I think it was definitely better than last year. And that's because, like, last year, last, the indies were big last year, but this year the indies just rocked that place. The indies just shat upon the AAA stuff that was there. Yes. The AAA stuff that was there was not very interesting. I mean, you had the huge league booth. Great. You had the Marvel booth, which is, I mean, I know you liked it, Nick. But, yeah. You know, like. But, but even then, that's gazillion entertainment. Yeah. Like, who's that? That's true. That's very true. Firefall didn't have a booth this year. But, they, um, they just had the entryway. They just had the entryway, yeah. Uh, but so I've talked about five one, you know, Dust five one four, not that great. Ubisoft, the only playable thing they had there, even fucking Splinter Cell was a video. Watchdogs video, Black um, Black uh, Black Flag video, and then Splinter Cell video. The Ubisoft felt so useless. The only thing I was there was Shoot Mania, and I've already talked about that game. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about that game so far. And that was the only playable game there. 2K had the most useful booth there. Oh, sorry, useless booth. So the most useless booth. Actually, you missed... I just want to go back to Ubisoft for a minute because you missed the big the big feature that the Ubisoft booth that uh, I think was relevant to what they were doing there was the pre-order stand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were there trying to collect pre-orders pretty much. That's what Ubisoft yeah. was doing. But they were, they were almost the most useless next to 2k 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 had you couldn't even get into the 2k booth like i don't know what they were doing what were they doing or something they looked like to their to their credit maybe they looked like they were doing like a sports show (laughs) but i honestly don't know but yeah they did i don't see any playable games from them it was just there was no playable sitting up on a high podium oh yeah there were four seats up there it was roped off you could not get up there there were cameras facing them what are you doing like they were, they, that was space. Another game that was actually playable could have taken. Yes. And 2K was there where they completely roped off. It was just so useless. Like, why yeah. did you wish? Like, we couldn't even hear what they were talking about. Like, they, nobody. You know, we weren't the target. They were broadcasting to whoever. Dude, like, they could have did that from home. Yeah. <laughs> they could have did that from home. Capcom actually had a really good booth this year. Yes. Capcom had a, a much better booth this year. Yeah. I did not get a chance to play Remember Me, though. That was there, and I did not get a chance to play it. But they, um, also, they also had the uh, the HD remasters. Yeah, they had the HD remasters. Me and Nick played Darkstalkers. He beat me. That's because I played the werewolf. I was yeah. doing dive kicks. Yeah. <laughs> he, he beat me by a sliver of health. That was a sliver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was literally, a dive kick was the difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we mashed buttons until one of us won. Pretty much that's yes. how that went. Um, yeah, but I mean, overall, I did enjoy the show. Um, I think Indies rocked this year. Who would you say had the best game of the year? Who, who gets your game of the show? Or show, yeah, game of the show. <sighs> I gotta call. I gotta call it a tie between the swapper and contrast. Dude, just pick one. You gotta pick one. one. I'm, I'm going. I'm going contrast then. You are going contrast? But, I mean, I think the two of them, and I'm. I'm, I'm gonna give a close. I'd, I'd give a close third to uh, Hearthstone. To Hearthstone. Um, because that. I, I. I mean, I think that also came out. I mean, for a game that was announced literally at the start of the show, I think that came out of nowhere. To I think that I think everybody that played it loved it. See, I'm having I'm having a hard time between three games between Contrast, Swapper, and actually Contrast, Swapper, and Transistor. I'm having, I'm trying to think like I got I got to pick one. No, you right? don't. I, yes, just I do. Me, just because you made me pick, 
they can all three be good. You know, it's only demos no, right now. I'm not, we're not saying that the others are crap. We're just saying it's got to be a yes. game of the show, like the best game there. And if I was going to say the best game there, damn, like that is tough between those three. You know, I kind of want to say, I think I'm going to have to go with Contrast. I think I'm going to have to go with Contrast for a like, game of the show. But because think about Swapper, Swapper was good. It was good. It was a puzzle game, but it was the graphics that really grab you on Swapper. You know. See, I actually, I mean, not, again, not to disparage the graphics, but I thought, like, if I had to, like, say which one was, I actually preferred the gameplay over the graphics on Swapper. Not to disparage the graphics, I just liked the gameplay that much. Really? Yeah. Yes. See, I, 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 I thought, I thought Contrast had the better gameplay. You know, from what mm-hmm. I played. Yeah, uh, but you know, even like, but Transistor was so good. Like, that was like really good as well. Um, it's just that you really don't like, you know. Actually, we are missing Dive Kick. <laughs> yeah, Dive Kick. Obviously, Dive Kick one. I mean, he's in second. He's in second place. But no, yes. I mean, but um, actually, I I want to say Contrast, but at the same time, I want to say Transistor. I feel you know what. Tra- I feel like Transistor, because it, it had the Bastion pedigree, I feel like Transistor had a lot more attention. Like, there was always a line for Transistor. That's one of the reasons why I didn't check it out. But, I mean, this, I think the Swapper, in contrast, like, they came in under the radar. And, like, they really... I mean, I hope I hope other people played them. I hope other people left the same impressions that we did. I, I mean, and you, you actually played them before I did, so you kind of directed me in that direction. I'm thankful that you did. Because those definitely... I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to them coming out now. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm pick one in the next ten seconds, and that's gonna be it. Because they were both of them were so good. Swap and... trust. <laughs> swap swap sister. Swap sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you know, uh, hmm. yeah. I'm gonna actually, you know what? I am actually gonna go with transistor. I'm actually gonna go with transistor. And now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more. Because not only did it have the, like, it has the game, god damn, but so, I mean, I was going to say it has the gameplay and the story, but so does, like, Contrast. Yes. It's, but it's the parts of Contrast that I have not seen that are exciting me. You know, that's the thing, like, when I was talking to the developer, and I guess that's the trap, like, for what was actually showed there, I am going to go with Transistor. That's it. Final. That's me. Cool. I would say Transistor is my game of the show, and Contrast is Nick's game of the show. There's no third person here, so we're not. There's the, there is, that's just the way it is. Okay. We'll, we'll just say Mikey chose dive kick. Yeah, Mikey chose dive kick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, that's gonna come. That brings us to the end of our special edition for PAX East 2013. Great show. Very yeah. tiring and yes. great games there. 2013 is gonna be an amazing year for games. Yeah. You know, which I, is I, which is rare considering like usually when consoles are coming out, it's not such a great year for games. But it, well, I mean, well, that's the thing though is we didn't see anything for what those consoles are, and I think we've we're we're still at the point. I mean, the games that are coming out for the P- PS3 and the, the Xbox are still pretty good, and I think it. I mean, the indies are only getting better. So I, I don't. I don't. I mean. As I said earlier, I think hardware, like hardware manufacturers, they may have concerns. But if you're just a gaming fan, it's a great time to be a gaming fan because there's a lot of stuff out there. It, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, that's like that's gonna bring us to the end of the show. This is a special edition, so this is gonna come out, uh, I believe, on a Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, normal Mashcast is actually on Thursday mornings, 
Uh, and yeah, you can catch us uh, Thursday morning. Which t- usually Thursday morning, but Thursday is when the regular Mashcast comes out, so just be on the lookout for that there. Um, you can catch us on SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash mash those buttons. We are also, what's up, Nick? I just want to say, is there going to be a Mashcast this Thursday? Yeah, there is going to be a Mashcast this Thursday. I wasn't going to bring it up because when somebody listens to this, they may not necessarily be at the same time. You're fucking it up, Nick. Well, no, no. they can go by the numbers. You number them anyway. Not the special editions. Oh. See, Nick, you ruin everything. No, you can, you, you, you can edit this out, right? Uh, Probably. But I probably won't. I didn't think you would. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, like, so, but we're also on iTunes, which is iTunes. Well, actually, yeah, you can look for us in iTunes on the iTunes store if you want the podcast to come to you directly uh, whenever it's released. We're also on Stitcher Smart Radio for your Android and iOS devices. You can stream there. We are on Twitter.com slash MTB site and Facebook.com slash Smash Those Buttons and YouTube.com slash Smash Those Buttons. So as always, we will catch you guys next time. Remember to catch us on Thursdays as normal. And uh, we will catch you next time. Take care, everyone.